So what was you saying about that bullshit at Vlad TV shit? No, you know, it was, it was it's a dude talking about real estate and this specific video was just Vlad saying that he don't really fuck a real estate and he think it's a scam. And the dude is trying to convince Vlad that, you know, it's not a scam. You know, it's it's only a scam if you're not educated, you know what I mean? And if you don't know what you're doing. Uh, it was just a, I like the video. I saw it made me want to watch more of his videos. So that's what I was doing past 30 minutes. Just about money. It also made me want to download Robinhood, which I did immediately. Robinhood? Oh, yeah. The you know that. Yeah. Because I'm about to start investing on you niggas. I had Robinhood for a while. My only issue is the, the diversity that it allows you to do is not really good. Like it, it only allows you to invest in industries. It doesn't allow you to invest in specific companies and or like stock exchange names. You get what I'm saying? Um, No. Because I'm on this O and you can invest in a specific company if you want to, like a specific stock. See, maybe this shit didn't update it since yeah, I had it. It may have changed because obviously I'm looking at it brand new. Because <laughs> see, know? when I had it at first, it only let me do it across. Uh, it only let me do it a- across industry. So like if I wanted to do it in like um, the metals industry mm-hmm. i could do it there or if i wanted to go into if i wanted to invest in tech or auto automotive whatever the case may be like it it would let me do it that way but it wouldn't let me do it um for specific companies and shit so yeah maybe that has changed yeah this shit got apple amazon all that bullshit yeah i would not advise anybody to invest in any of those why the entry entry price is too high I mean, but you can invest however much you want to. Yeah, but you gotta think about it. Like whatever the going the going price of a share in Apple, Amazon, or Google, let's say for instance, right? Those are mm-hmm. all high start prices because they're literally four of the top ten most profitable companies in the world. Mm-hmm. So you can put your money towards that, but your return is going to be minimal. Because the entrance there is going to be so high. Whereas, let's say, let's say five years ago, if you would have invested in like Lyft or Pluto TV, some shit like that, when the when the entry price was low, let's say if it was ten dollars a share, yeah, you could have spent like a thousand dollars and got that. So then now, since they've been acquired by larger companies the price of the share that you have right now is worth more. So you can, you can have, let's say, let's say shares went up to like $200 a share. Right. And you bought yeah. in at $10. So you bought in at $10. That's a thousand dollars divided by 10. Lord have mercy. That's a hundred shares, right? <laughs> you put that in your calculator, bro. No, nah, I was just going slow for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wink, wink. Nigga, I do this. Don't don't come for me. Well, you just like these new young niggas, man. You know, I went to tutor these young niggas. These niggas using calculators for everything. I'm like, what's what's up with you, niggas? <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. We doing mul- like multiplication. 
Hold on, let me put that in my calculator. 12 times 9. I said, bro, I almost walked out. So that listen, so you bought a hundred shares of let's say Google, right? Yeah. Now you now it's up to two hundred dollars. So now you at twenty thousand dollars. If the price now is two hundred dollars per share, you're paying they're paying a hundred and ninety dollars more than what you paid. So you're a right. hundred and ninety dollars up. So that's how a lot of the valuations are on a lot of these big name stocks. So it's like, yeah, you can buy now, but right now is not the time to buy because they're already a viable company. So, yeah, if you had a whole lot of money and you just wanted it to kind of remain the same for the most part, you good because it's not like any of those stocks are going to do major jumps and major drops. And if they do a major drop and you get in then, then, yeah, it may be cool. But the likelihood of that is going to be slim to none. I mean, I get what you're saying, but, you know, it's like stocks seem more towards long term. Um, Like, obviously, there are people who do it for the short term. I just think your advice is would be more geared toward it's like if I'm doing for the long term and I think Apple going to be around and here to come forever. You know what I'm saying? And I think that they just going to continue to grow as a company and ain't nobody really going to put them off. Then, OK, it costs 200. Like right now, it costs 200. Uh, it's two hundred eight dollars for a share of Apple. You know, I mean, if I feel like it's gonna be worth five hundred one day, then I mean, why wouldn't I put it in Apple right now? You I know? mean, like I do understand that in the in the immediate future, yeah, you know, my returns are gonna be a little less if I was putting my money in, you know, another company. But if I just feel very confident in a in an already stable, you know, company that's going to grow, you know, because why Apple been around for a while. I mean, the shit's still been just going up and up and up over the long term, you know. Like I see over the last five years, it's up 177%. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, I mean, you know, that's a lot. What I'm saying is it depends on the type. It depends on what your mode of thinking is. Like if you're risk averse, yeah, yeah. then yeah. Getting into something like Apple and Google would be beneficial for you. But if you're not risk averse and you risk and you like, yo, I'm trying to get on the next big thing, then putting a lot of stock or putting a lot of money in stocks for those types of companies wouldn't really do you much good. Because for as much as those stocks raise on almost the monthly quarterly level, they drop and then they raise back up again. Right. I mean, it's definitely, you know, stocks, definitely not for the faint of heart. You know what I'm saying? And it's not for niggas who don't like to do their research. That is very true. Like You can't just do some shit you just like, you know. Like, I love to put all my money in Twitter, but they down for the past five years. I mean, are they ever going to come up? Even though I think Twitter's lit. It's not the it's not the primary um, it's not the primary it's not the primary social media medium anymore. I just don't see how like how like it's still so popular. It's popular, but Instagram is more commercial with let's say people 
30 and under, right? And yeah. then Facebook is still the primary medium for social media engagement for people like 35 and over. So and that, and that's the same company. Yeah. So what you now have with something like Twitter, Twitter, most Twitter users are in that niche group where you anywhere from like probably 23 to 34. Whereas Twitter was one of the OG social media platforms outside of Facebook. That you've right. been, that's been viable for you because things have come and gone like Vine and uh, what was that BBM shit? <laughs> BBM, <laughs> ain't that what that was called? Yeah, BlackBerry Messenger. Yeah. I don't know if that was a form of social media though. That was more of a messaging app that started with. But you could create like profiles and shit, and like I remember like shit like Bebo and shit like basically yeah, anything Bebo that you could. Lit. Anything you could create a profile with, but like now you have niggas who are from that era who Twitter and Facebook have literally been the only thing that have stood this test of time. And Instagram, mm-hmm. while it's Instagram came out when I was like a sophomore, junior in college, so it's it's still it's and it's it, old as fuck. It's not necessarily young, but Twitter was like like I've been on Twitter since oh nine. Mm-hmm. And I was back even in 09, I was kind of late to Twitter. Like I feel like everybody Damn, had, I kind of feel like everybody was already on this shit except me. Nigga was late to Twitter in 09. <laughs> That's how you know a nigga old. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, you know, I don't know, man. But I feel that, man. I mean, it's just as I've been looking at these stocks, you know. It just let me know, yeah, I'm gonna need to do some research. I mean, I really got a little, I got a little exposed to it when I got into Bitcoin. Um, which I mean, I lost money in that. <laughs> I guess you never lose money to yourself, but I mean, you know, we down right now, but it's all good. But it really, it it just taught me just a lot, even in that time, just about like, like everything you were just saying about the market and. You know, and it just sucks because I remember towards the end of last year, I know they was talking about the market was down and shit. And I was like, man, I need to get into investing right now. Like, why are they saying the market down? Because mm-hmm. it's definitely going to go back up, like in the immediate future. And as I've been looking at all the trends for all the, you know, different stocks I've been seeing, it all followed kind of that same trend and everything was just going down heavy. But now shit is back up and booming. Well, really, what niggas need to do is what you've been trying to tell niggas to do for the last two, three weeks. And that's save your damn money. Because when this recession starts, uh, whether it's going to be quarter four 2019 or I think now they're calling that it could start as late as quarter two 2020. When it hits, the market is going to fall out. The bottom's going to fall out. Mm. It's not going to be as bad as 2008. But it's not going to be as good as what we experienced in the 90s. So it's like they're going to have to pump something into uh, the economy just to keep everybody afloat because the the middle class is a lot weaker than it was in 2008, um, partially because you have a lot of families who have not ever recovered from 2008. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they've kind of just been maintaining. And so you have a weaker middle class. You have a larger middle class, but it's much weaker as far as funds. Uh, you have a much larger uh, lower class. And all of the tax breaks are coming to the upper class. So mm-hmm. nothing is pumping into the economy. Um, people are not buying brick from brick and mortar like they used to. And that's caused a shift in how the market kind of works. Um, and with that brick and mortar was always safe for people because you knew Sears and Roebuck was going to be there. Right. Mm -hmm. You knew that you was going to be able to go get your tires or whatever the case may be from Sears. When you look at Amazon over the last, let's just look at the last five years, they've had significant growth in market share in the last five years. So 10 years ago, they were just a blimp on the map. And so now, right. you know, they are one of, if not the world leader in just about everything. Walmart, similar situation, like they're they're closing Walmarts in droves around the country. <laughs> Walmart. <She's> wild. <laughs> so it's oh, like that's Walmart, bro. Yeah. But it's you like I mean? when you think about this shit, like Walmart is pushing more so their online platform now than they're like super centers. They're mm-hmm. converting a lot of their big super centers back into a uh, service center. So you can go to like a neighborhood Walmart, neighborhood market uh, that they've turned that Walmart into. And then they may have like next to it, a Walmart auto center. Mm-hmm. Like you're not getting a full Walmart no more. They, they just like, look, come get your groceries and we can rotate your tires or uh, some shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like they'd be real some real specialty stores you know what i'm saying like yeah. here you know get your groceries and then you can also get them christmas presents yeah but only at this one though yeah you know because we got the kids toy out mm-hmm. so it's like <laughs> you know when you look at the growth of e-commerce on on the, on the internet it's like internet companies are so volatile that they could be up this year like millions of dollars up and then next year they no longer exist and so that creates instability in the market because there's not anything that they can pump into that is set. Um, I mean, but I feel like now the thing is, you know, things are not really going to gain prominence unless we're really seeing, uh, you know, the future plan for this company. And it's like realistic, you know, it's like we know Facebook going to be around, you know what I'm saying? Like in the immediate future, like I would say over the next five years, I can anticipate Facebook going strong. Yeah. You know, just based on most likely you can get the stats on how many people are joining every day. Uh, You know, their content is just ever expanding, you know, and also it's like we see the up for Instagram. You know, I can't agree that for Twitter, it's like, okay, what's next for Twitter? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's next? What more can you really do for Twitter that's going to keep Twitter around? You know, what's going to happen when Instagram go to you can post a status or some shit? Like, what's going to happen then? You know? Like, what will Twitter, because cause Instagram already got Snapchat out the way. I mean, Snapchat went public and, you know, these niggas ain't, you know, their stock has been negative s- since the day that they became public. Because they, they 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 tried to stay in too long. They should have just sold, man. And see, you know, that that's what I mean. They they were offered to sell. Um, They didn't, they didn't want to sell. And then you had Instagram come in and say, oh, okay. Well, okay. We just gone. We just going to do the same shit. Yeah. Cause that's how Facebook works. 
<laughs> Facebook works like that. Oh, you you think you're smarter than we are. Okay, cool. Give us six months. And then all it takes in this space is one bad rollout. Like that bad rollout with Inst- with uh, Snapchat. It was like, oh, shit. I mean, just, yeah, that bad update, that mm-hmm. shit was awful. And niggas was like, dog, we are done. <laughs> and niggas ain't went back yet. And it's like, like with damn. Instagram now, like. Uh, hey, I'm back, though. I'm back. If y'all want to come back to Snap, I'm already there. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I still got people in my circle who's still on Snap, and I appreciate y'all. You know, because Snap is still, man, that's, that's, where, that's where you need to be, man. Snapchat is actually a great app. It but is. They just got that. But bad people don't see the people don't see the value in it anymore. Well, people see the value in it to use it on other social media platforms. That's why yeah, if Snapchat that's... was if Snapchat was smart, what they would do is they would sell their filter technology yeah. to Instagram. Or, yeah, or just rebrand. Maybe they should just you know do an app where it's just called the Snapchat camera or some shit. Like it's just another camera app. Yeah. Which you I, know, I they feel can like still be their own shit. Oh uh, yeah, because because people love the Snapchat camera and filters. Because a lot of people yeah. say even on the best iPhone, the Snapchat camera makes the best iPhone look way better. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell they be doing, but you feel me? Yeah, I feel like we mm-hmm. off on a tangent to start the show. I I feel <laughs> like we just you know gave some pretty decent <laughs> uh you know financial information. That Long we did. story short, yeah. save your money and uh, do some research while you out while, while you saving your money too. Yeah, because you got to make your money work for you and stop working for your trying, money. Trying to create generational wealth here, people. Truth, because I'm broke. Truth. What's good? We back, man. It's your boy AC, man. We're listening to Realist Flow. You already know. Like the song say, don't go the wrong way or you're going to be going the long way. You feel me? To freedom! (laughs) (laughs) Shout out Nikki, man. Uh, You know, I'm here with uh, this old ass nigga. What's your name? It's your boy, Nate B. A.K.A. AKA Nate B. My name is Mr. Mr. (laughs) My name is Mr. uh, Pondexter. (laughs) Beasington. My name is Mr. Bartholomew. <laughs> that sounds like a middle school teacher name. Right. I hate Mr. Bartholomew, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Man, it, it's your boy, Nate B. You feel me? What, what's going on, people? I hope everybody doing good out there. Everything straight. AC, how you been? Good, man. Good. Coming off that Easter weekend, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 420 man. weekend as well. So I already, don't mix. I, I already know that you had. Yeah, I remember when 420 weekend. was on Easter. Do y'all remember that day? That was rough. That was a rough <laughs> Sunday, wasn't it? <laughs> Nigga, wasn't niggas it last was year? Conflicted. Wholesome niggas was too conflicted. No, they went last year. It had that was a couple years ago. No, I was still in school when that happened. Damn, for real? Yeah. That was a few years ago. Or at least maybe, unless it doesn't happen again, but I think it only happened once that I can recently remember. Hmm. Yeah, niggas, niggas didn't know what to do. Niggas didn't know if they was going to have to get up and go to sunrise service. Yeah. <laughs> then chief, <laughs> chief in between sunrise service and the children's play. <laughs> I'm like, nah, bro. Nah, bro. If y'all don't go to church, man, come on, man. 
It ain't never that serious, dog. Nigga sitting, nigga sitting in the in the children's place, zooted. <laughs> Bro, niggas lit as hell on the third pew. I know you niggas. I'm sorry, man. I might lose a little respect for you, man. If, if we go to church and then you just come to church and you just lit, like, I'm going to be like, bro, like, I don't know. Like, why you even here, bro? Like, why you even here? You know, could have stayed home for that. I mean, I lose respect for you. AC, man, I'm a, you know, I grew up in the church, man. Don't be disrespecting God like that, bro. If you're going to come to church, bro, come sober. It's, it's Bishop AC in this, you know. So on you this episode, man. So you only sober, you only sober, sober in the house of the Lord. I'm always sober in the house of the Lord. So you don't be getting lit be- the the Saturday before, and you wake up still lit and go to church. You ain't never did that, AC. First of all, I don't wake up still lit. Like <laughs> <laughs> if I wait, if I've gone to sleep, it's a wrap. Okay, I'm waking up. I might be a little groggy. Nigga said groggy. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little groggy, you know. But it's you know, I'm I'm in I'm in my right mind, man. You know, and I'm here with it on my mind. You know that that's a blessing. Like I got my mind focused on one thing. You know what I'm saying? Stay on Jesus. When I'm going to church, that's kind of what I'm focused on. I'm proud of you, bro. You know, I'm proud but of that, you. But that Easter though, that 420 Easter, it was rough. Oh, I, but I did know. go to church, man. It was nothing. So you went to church and then smoked the devil's lettuce. I see what you did. Look, man, I ain't gonna get into. <laughs> I ain't gonna get into that, man. But you had but a good yeah, Easter, man. though. Yeah, Easter was good, man. Um, went to church. Went to uh, if you from Memphis, you probably familiar with Africa in April. I went to that with uh, my girl. That's or, I'm sorry, my wife on Sunday. And uh, did you pick up any regalia? I did not pick up any regalia. I'm just not interested in wearing any regalia that was sold there. I'm sorry. But I did get some food, you know, got some jerk chicken on a stick. It's lit. And a special lemonade that these niggas had that was also lit. Like it was like a LIT lit or like just lit? No, nah, it was us. It was just, you know, everybody was drinking it. Oh, okay. Like kids too. That's lit, man. I, I, that's that's good, bro. Yeah. What about you, man? Man, what it was. Um, so it was my girl's birthday on Easter. Yeah, um, I heard, is it is it I guess is it okay to talk about y'all announcement or are we just gonna keep that away from the show? Oh no, nah, man. We can talk about the announcement, man. Yeah, man. You know, congratulations, man. Thank you. On uh, you know, your recent news. If you want, you can just share with I don't want to be the one to share it for you. <laughs> no, it sounded like you was gonna early. be the one to <laughs> got jumped in too early. Let it congratulations out. But yeah, man, uh, me and my lady will be expecting our firstborn child in October. Yeah, you got to throw some applause some, in there. Yeah, I'm going to have to throw some applause. I'm just going to throw this in there. It's an evil world we live in. Because <laughs> you're about to be a father. And uh, <laughs> you know, that's, just, that's just tough to think about. Man, but yeah, man, I'm excited. We did the announcement on, we did the, we actually did the announcement on 420 um, because that was the, that was the day that we initially made it out of the woods. 
So if you don't know, uh, being out of the woods is being out of the first trimester. Um, that's significant because 50% of, of women who get pregnant, uh, don't make it out of the first trimester, unfortunately. Um, real shit, man. So that was a great milestone for us to hit. And, um, then, you know, the next day was her birthday. So no great birthday Mm. gift. Great way to, uh, let the world know, you know, what we have coming forth. Uh, we didn't want to be like Drake and, you know, hide our child from the world. (laughs) Face I'll never forgive Drake for saying that shit. Come on, bro. But yeah, man, outside of that, everything was cool, man. Uh, Sunday was also my late grandmother's birthday, so we did a nice little um, tribute to her um, at Easter dinner where we lit, you know, the, the Chinese uh, lanterns. So we lit those and let those fly in her honor. Uh, she would have been 77. So we lit mm. we lit seven of them, uh, the number of completion and and let those fly high. So shout out to you, OG man. Um, and yeah, man, it, it was it was a good Easter. All in all, man, it was it was a it was a great Easter. Um, the only downfall was uh, people were hitting me up because they were like, where the fuck is the, the new episode of After Five? <laughs> so man, fuck you niggas, man. <laughs> to let y'all know what happened man last week ac pulled up on me in in chat you feel me we were in the same place same building uh for the first time in damn near a year if not a year to the date um and yeah man we were recording got about shit two and a half three hours worth of amazing content yeah it was actually pretty good (laughs) and uh you know it's just now I just realized, like, I, if I'm going to be in person, like, I just need another mic. Like, I need to buy a mic that is specifically that I'm going to use specifically for in-person, uh, like, podcasts. Because, uh, you know, it just ain't working out. Yeah. I don't know how it used to work out. I really don't either. But, you know, what else? <laughs> the thing of it is, yeah. this week, y'all going to get... Um, some of the takes that we had last week, um, maybe maybe a little bit different. Uh, it's a lot for us to get yeah, to today. I don't remember what I talked about last week, honestly. We really did not talk about sh- – last week was really a slow news week. So, mm-hmm. literally, we was just bullshitting. <laughs> but it was some grade-A bullshit, I mean, you know? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's every week. I mean, I don't know about you. That's how I feel. <laughs> so – yeah, man, it was it, it, it was cool, but we're going to get y'all right this week. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Oh uh, no, go ahead. So to get to get us started with uh Twitter court, let me just ask you a question first. Have you seen um wait, hold on. These are their stories. So there is a school, Madison Academy, um that released a dress code for parents Mm -hmm. and the dress code reads no satin caps bonnets or shower caps wait what was that first word satin caps satin okay yes uh no hair rollers no pajamas no house shoes no torn jeans leggings daisy duke shorts come on now leggings come on no low cut tops or short dresses right Okay. That's um, it. 
that's that's all that they showed on the screenshot of what was man, on the news, know. right? I need to see I need to see the full news report, man. They they have another one for the dudes. So yes, there was another <laughs> one that came out um with the dudes. Let me see if I can try to get it pulled up. Um cuz I'm like British. It's like this I don't really have but no problem with the, this. The gist it, of what the dudes ones was, it was just like no sagging and no bagging. Uh, no sagging, no bagging. <laughs> you know sagging and, no and bagging. <laughs> no lacking. Basically. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is what it says. So it says jeans that are from your buttocks to all the way down showing lots of skin will not be permitted in the building or the premises sagging pants shorts jeans will not be permitted in the building or on the premises men wearing under men wearing undershirts only will not be permitted into the building (laughs) short shorts that are up to your behind will not be permitted on the premises in the building uh men wearing nothing but Tank tops will not be permitted into the building. Man, so you telling me I can't just pull up in like you know my polo V neck, you know what I'm saying undershirt, but you could rock it as a shirt in the summertime. Look, come on now. I don't know the definition. My point is, Black Twitter erupted because you know Black Twitter thought they saw satin caps and was like, "Yo, this is racist." <laughs> <laughs> and then I mean, look, man, the picture they just of. Okay. The principal or headmaster, whatever you want to call no, it. I ain't seen that. Comes out. Headmaster. Yeah. And it is a black woman. She is a black woman who is heavily involved in uh a lot of things that our culture would deem black. She's uh a member of the Big Sisters program. Uh she helps out with Girls Inc. She's a member of a black Greek letter organization. She is an alumni of the high school. Uh, went to HBCU. All of the shit that, you know, niggas would be like, yeah, she's super nigga, nigga. Um, and she created this policy. And so the jokes went from this is racist to now uh, she only doing this because her mama came one day in her nightgown and rollers and embarrassed her. So she, she made this policy. When, if you want me to keep it real with you, AC, I'm going to have my AC moment. You know, coon it up. <laughs> First of all, I'm not a coon, man. I take, I take high offense to that. I'm for my people, man. This shit is crazy. <laughs> I don't feel like this is an unreasonable request. And mm, I so say this. So you just being, so you just being, you know, reasonable. You're just being a reasonable person. I feel like I'm saying? being, I, I feel like the request is that of reasonable adults who, if okay. you are going to, Let's say that this school is a public school, right? Right. If you're going on public uh, property, right, there are rules and regulations that you have that you're required to do. It's no different than if you go into court. Just like court allows certain things. A lot of the same rules and regulations that are allowed there, you can enforce at any point. So if you want to set an example for impressionable youth, and you say, hey, if we're going to have a dress code for our children that go here, we also will have a dress code for anybody who wants to visit the premises. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people are missing. 
if you want to come on school ground, this is what they're telling you. These are the rules that you have to follow. And I feel like all they're doing is basically asking people to dress like they going to a fucking school. <laughs> like, like for real. I just I, I just don't see what's unreasonable about you not wearing booty shorts to a damn high school. Well, you know, the immediate response was, you know, if I need to come in a hurry, you know what I mean? Then I'll be wearing whatever the hell I, you know, want to wear. You know? Which, but I'm just like, if the school made this a policy, like it's probably been an issue for it is clearly you know, an issue <laughs> for the damn PTA meetings. You know what I mean? Like it's it's definitely been an issue. <laughs> and like, this thing- ain't just why is everybody jumping out of bed? Like they know that in an emergency, okay, you might be wearing something a little bit less than favorable. But obviously, you know, niggas just pulling up to pick their child up at two two thirty. Yeah, I just <laughs> you know what I'm saying in the bonnet. Like you, you should know better than that. That's just how I feel. Like if you're going, like this ain't daycare. Like if you're going you know out I mean? in public, like at the very least, you should look presentable. Like it's one thing if an emergency happens and you just like, yo, I got to get to my child. I ain't had time to think about what to put. I'm sure that's a one-off situation. But if you pulling up to drop your child off in a nightgown. With a bonnet still on your head and you walking them into the school, like if if they say, look, that's not acceptable, then goddamn it, you need to figure something out. And a lot of people were crying after after the the racism piece of this was dispelled. Then they were like, Well, this is sexist. Now, Alex, I do not have any type of data in front of me to prove what I'm getting ready to say. But As it's usual. but it's fuck you. It's it's <laughs> it's it's one of those things where you would just, it's reasonable to assume that the majority of the time, the mother or grandmother is usually the person who comes to the school. In the in the yeah, case of an yeah. emergency or when you're dropping a child off, that's just, I mean. It's usually not the dad. It's usually not the father. So when they're talking about, when they're highlighting these things. Of course, it's going to sound extremely geared towards the people who are the likeliest to offend the rules. Because to be honest, I mean, when it comes to me, really, all you can, you literally just have to go in there with your knees, with your pants at your damn kneecaps and a ripped up shirt or no shirt at all for you to just not necessarily be reasonable. I mean, you gotta be bullshit, <laughs> like, <laughs> like as a dude. Like you, got, just... like you gonna if you going to go pick up your child. I mean, my nigga, like what are you gonna be wearing that they gonna be like, oh hell no, niggas gotta nah, stop you can't up do the that. Child just like because this. because the range of things that we can wear is pretty limited. Like niggas can put right. pants on, <laughs> they can put a shirt on. Like niggas and can't and boom. <laughs> like niggas like, those is not are the really... choices. Like those are the choices: pants yeah. and shorts. <laughs> You know, it's okay. Am I gonna wear these sweats or you know, like am I putting on jeans? Yeah. You know what I mean. Like that's it. So when but they talk about they coming up there in pajamas, pajamas, <laughs> nightgowns, right. spaghetti strap came, shirts, if no my mama bra. Came up to my school in a <laughs> nightgown. I'd be like, Mom, you are. <laughs> Like, you really embarrassing me in front of my like, right now. And that's the other thing. It's like, okay, this also could be a situation where we like, look, we've had a string of mothers come up here dressed inappropriately, and it has added to um, 
a certain level of bullying amongst the children in regards like the to bullying they, is new is a next level right <laughs> like, now. like they're doing something called checking and <laughs> flaming each other's moms and we are not know. we are not fans of that <laughs> here at this uh institute and we, we will are, not we, we will not tolerate it <laughs> we are a top tier like in south carolina we are a blue ribbon school you know what i mean <laughs> like we like we not red ribbon we blue ribbon we are not an at risk school I'll no. just say it. Far, I'll come out and say it. it. <laughs> so far from it. So we need to act like we need to act like we're not at risk. And then it's like, think about this shit, bro. That shit can go either. They, it can go either way. Like, let's say you got a young ass mom who curvy, and your mama come in there in like a fashion over party dress. Now niggas is lusting after your mama, and you got to hear about that shit every single day. I mean, that's that's true from <laughs> a dude perspective. That's what little that's getting... what little boys do. You getting close to toxic, you know what I'm saying? You're getting close to toxic. I mean, because if that's just her figure, what's she gonna do to hide her figure, Nate? Not wear a fashion overdress to pick her child. It don't matter what she wear. It don't matter what she wear. Y'all gonna complain because of her figure. No, we not gonna complain. What I'm saying is, it's just like the conversation. (laughs) I think we had this conversation. We was when they put up the picture of the uh, teachers, right? Teacher Bay. Yeah, it's like (laughs) there are certain like in her situation, right? She was wearing professional clothing like that was that that was acceptable. She's just curvy. It's a difference between wearing things that are acceptable and appropriate to wear around children, especially like children on the cusp of puberty. Like if you're going into elementary, uh, uh, elementary school, middle school where these these boys is just now feeling they just got pubic hair like. They looking for something to get horny off of. So you saying that women need to adjust their clothes because niggas in puberty? No, you what are, I'm saying, no, what I'm toxic. saying is this dress code eliminates a lot of the issues that can arise from that because it literally is asking you to wear appropriate things when you come to a school. Like there's a distinct difference between you showing up in a low cut spaghetti strap shirt with no bra and you pulling up in a damn regular shirt like there's a difference there i mean this is true it's like i 100 percent agree with you but in instances like this like you know where there is kind of a clear double standard but at the same time i think we already addressed that for men it's just you know there's not really much that can make us inappropriately address inappropriately dressed but from women's perspective, I do understand their frustration with just being like, why are there only limits in terms of clothing to us? Like, why do we have to adjust ourselves, you know, and what and what and who deems what as, uh, you know, this is respectable. Yeah. Like this is appropriate. Like who deems that? You know what I'm saying? Like if it was a black school, would they not care or would we all agree that this is, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like. Like we said, not appropriate. I think this is a situation where you have to take into account social norms. Like, regardless of where you go to work at, right? Even if you have a if you have a workplace that has, you know, a pretty relaxed dress code, right? Yeah. You still are not nine times out of ten, you still are not going to be able to get away with wearing things that are going that can be considered sexually suggestive. Or overtly revealing, not because they're trying to control what you have going on, but because when you 
when you do stuff like that, it increases the chances of other people not behaving like they should. And as fucked up as that sounds, that's why people have HR policies. That's just the reality of it. Like to protect the person and to protect the company. Cause it's like, if you, if you want to wear what you want to wear, that's fine. But if there's a dress code in place, you have an ability to figure out whether or not you want to go to this place or you don't, you know what I mean? Like, right. There are certain things that they just not going to allow you to wear at work because it's work. Like you're not going to wear the, the, the shit that you wear on the weekend to the club is not some shit you're going to wear to work. Most of the time. Depending on how you dress. I would just think a lot of parents or at least the ones that have the biggest problem with this are just like, look, man, like this is my, my child's school. You know what I mean? Like, if I ain't coming in here naked, you know, because it's not like everything is, like, sexually suggestive. It's like, they're just like, look, man, just stop wearing, you know, like they say, leggings. You know what I mean? It's just like. And, you know, I fully understand that because leggings. If I'm a mom, if I'm a mom leaving the gym, I can't come straight from the gym. You know what I'm saying? Pick up my child. Like, come on. And I think there's some room for interpretation. And I think they have some very valid points if somebody were to challenge it. I think the overarching message here, though, is look like you're coming to pick your child up. You get what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. while we can get into the details of everything and, you know, very valid points can be made on both sides. It's still don't come to the school looking any kind of way one because it's not acceptable to the school and then two it doesn't set a good example for the children and for all we know shit they could be you know trying to trying to create a school atmosphere like truth off of uh <laughs> black lightning Man, uh, so that's all I had for. Well, that's the first thing I had for Twitter Core. You got anything else on that on that topic? Um, no, nah, man. I mean, you know, I agree with most of everything you said. You did get a little toxic that segment, but um, I think we good though. I think they'll let you live. Whatever, nigga. Uh, the you other chill, thing, you gotta, gotta be careful. Uh, Drake and J Cole. So there was there was a tweet posted talking about on Jodeci, the Jodeci freestyle. Yeah. Featuring J. Cole, Drake. Jodeci back. That screaming like Jodeci back. Caught a front desk with condoms. She's saying they ain't got none. Wait, and I'm responding. She know to be black. Fuck me, ain't got no condom. Jodeci back. Nigga feeling like Jodeci back. I flip words and Cause I don't nobody want to hear that trash ass shit. Boy, I know you're not talking. So the point was there was a tweet that said Drake bodied, murdered J. Cole on Jodeci back. And I just don't think that that is an accurate assessment. And AC seems to lean toward the opposing viewpoint. So I would just like to understand, like, first of all, which verse are we talking about? I mean, either, either. 
Like so you, you feel either, like either you... Drake verse, both Drake verses are yeah. better than J. Cole. J. Cole's verse. Now J. Cole's verse is not bad, but them Drake verses are like to me, those are like all time Drake verses type shit. Like he was really like not only was he in his bag, he was like in his like prime bag on that. To me. You know, as far as just putting the sixteen together, just like, you yeah. know, beginning to end. Uh, you know, I'm not really taking no bars off. You know what I'm saying? I'm every bar. It's like I'm trying to say something. Alex, this nigga said I see straight through him like fish tanks with no fish in them. Drizzy still got some 06 in them. Oh. A fish tank with no fish in them? See through? Come on, Alex. Come on. Yeah, I see right, I Come see right through him. Come on, Alex. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Like an empty fish tank. Alex, a fish tank? Come on, man. Like that's 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 a that's a that's a straight line. Like you you know you nitpicking. That's a straight line. You know, IRS all in my books. This, yeah. I'm not looking, but IRS all in my books. Getting, getting that matlock on. on. So little Barney's co-op for you to be trying to show out. I'm in your girl ear planting seeds like a grow out. We move to operation in Cali soon as the snow drop. Oh, stop, please stop arguing about who's the best MC. I think everyone would agree they know that you're not. I know I'm a short shot. Middle finger poking you in your sore spot. Balls sound like I'm under oath, nigga. I comedy central roast niggas and turn them to ghost niggas. Either I'm getting bigger or you're just getting smaller. It's both, nigga. I'm just as unforgiving as you. What's up, man? Bars sound like I'm under oath, nigga. I comedy central roast niggas and turn them to ghost niggas. Either I'm getting bigger or you just getting smaller or it's both, nigga. Come on, man. You bit the hand, now starve. It's not a joke, nigga. I hang you with it after I teach you the ropes, nigga. Oh, well. Bitches paint OVO on their toenails and show up at the show, the after party in the hotel. That five star in your city, they know where we at. I hit the lobby, women screaming like Joe. <laughs> He, he went in, man. I mean, it's not even... Like, J. Cole did his thing, but Drake was like... He was going in. Drake said... All right, fool. Bro, he was... It's not even... Like I said, like, J. Cole really didn't say nothing, like, that really stood out. You know, it was just kind of... Nigga, literally... Running the mill, J. Cole first. Rooftop, hoes turned up. Looking for your bitch, bet she won't turn up. Wonder where she is. Fuck, could she be? Huh. She's a hoe, she's a slut, she's a freak. Heard a couple niggas hating, but them fuck niggas weak. Count a hundred thousand dollars like it sucks to be me. Huh. Ain't that what you wanted? Stuckin' on you niggas. Came in this game, never frontin' on you niggas. Get your heart and soul. Stories of my pain. Felt naked cause I laid it all, my glory and my shame. Caught fire just to have niggas ignore me in my flame. About to burn down the house, they tryna pull me in the rain. No! Fuck your list, you lame niggas and doubters I'm undoubtedly the hottest and that's just me being modest Go check the numbers, dummy, that's just me getting started I'm artistic, you niggas is artistic, retarded, started Hold your applause, what good's a poker face when you joke show me your cards David and Goliath taking on the giants, no need for pause When I tell you my ball's bigger than yours, Cole, no false guys Young Mike playing against the Mindstars Tapping in the 94 nines Or that 96 J Or that chronic shit Drake Which was really just Slim Shady I'm silly, my pig crazy Today I'm out in Philly My fans waiting for 12 hours Just to get their dollar sign Thoughts stream like I'm Spotify Trench coat flow, bottom line Titties too cool for school niggas I'm Columbine Flow dumber than your projections This makes twice now I double what you expected yet Your colors keep perplexing me 
Maybe it's too complex for me, but is this about skills or is this about sales? Cause either fucking way, man, all them niggas is less than me. You let us know that we rap. Bitch screaming like Josie back. This nigga said tap into that 94.9 or that 96J or that kind of shit, Dre. Which it's is really just slim shady. I'm saluting my pen crazy. Today I'm out in Philly. My fans waiting for 12 hours, 12 hours just, just to, to get, get their dollar sign. Thoughts stream like I'm Spotify and Trick's coat flow. Bottom line, to these two cool for school niggas, I'm Columbine. Flow dumber than your projections. This makes twice now. I double what you expected. Yet, your covers keep perplexing me. Maybe it's too complex for me, but is this about skills or is this about sales? Because either way, man, all them niggas is less than me. Come on, bro. But, bro, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, it's good. I mean, J. Cole is, I mean, he's a, he's a good rapper. So he ain't gonna have no slaw verse, especially on a song with Drake. But to me, it's just, you know, those, those two Drake verses. They just too hard, man. That song is just so hard. Like two of the top artists and everybody is rapping, rapping. And uh, but Drake definitely got the best of Cole on that. And I love Cole. So who got the best of who on in the morning? I mean, I would have to say Drake. So, bruh, ain't no way. I just feel like Drake set this song off, you know. I, but that wasn't like a, it's a different type of thing because, you know, Jodeci Freestyle is more of like bars. Well, when I think of a song like In the Morning, I mean, you know. Okay, so let me let me ask you this. Fucking problems, right? Yeah. Who had the best verse on fucking problems? Um, It wasn't Kendrick. I'll tell you that. Nigga, what? It was not Kendrick. So you telling me Kendrick, Kendrick, Kendrick don't even get a thought. Nah, he definitely didn't have the best verse. I'm beginning to think you just a Kendrick hater. Bro, I love Kendrick. What you talking about? See, niggas just can't believe that I just disagree. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, what you mean, Kendrick? I, I, I may fuck with Kendrick more than Drake. You know, I feel like, I, I mean, I don't, I'm trying to remember that song, but uh, I just remember, um, you know, Kendrick had an okay verse, but you know, he just had a couple lines that everybody loved to say, you know, but it ain't like his lyrics was just, you know, it ain't like he, his verse was super hard or something. But now that I read the lyrics, man, you know, it looks like ain't nobody really had a hard verse. You stunned Drake. Drake marked that hoe. I still think uh, K. Dot had a better verse, but Drake did mark that hoe. This nigga said, "I really don't say this often, but this long dick nigga ain't for the long talking I beast." Nigga, he gave that was the first time he gave niggas that they they could put some shit on their caption. Hell no, I ain't never seen that caption. Niggas was out here. Niggas was out here. <laughs> Wilding on the ground, nigga. Let me find out y'all using that shot <laughs> caption. I'm blocking you. Let me find out. Let me find out. Let me find out. Man, all right, fool. I'm still not. I'm still not rolling. 
I, I still feel like J. Yes. Cole, J. Cole held his own, bested Drake on Jodeci's back. So, Jodeci you know, freestyle, nigga. It's not Jodeci's back. Jodeci freestyle. When I said Jodeci <laughs> freestyle earlier, nigga, you came back and said Jodeci back. I mean, we can run it back. But you I mean, can say nigga, Jodeci it's recorded. A few times. Because that's what you said it was. I'm just right. doing my due diligence. Right. Either way. Uh, yeah. So, you know, he came out on Drake's tour, J. Cole did, and oh, said really? that, you know, know, they... Um, oh, yeah, I did, I did know that. You know, they they, they going to get back in the stew, cook some shit up. So, who do you think is going to best who this time? Uh, I think Drake will continue to best J. Cole because I feel like now... I feel like now it's to a point where Drake is like, I got to keep it up. You know, I can't just slack off and... Off of the run that J. Cole is on right now, though? And Drake trying to end that, you know, because Drake is really competitive. Like, he really is. Cause, and he's very skillful, too. So, But is think, he as skilled as J. Cole? Definitely. Definitely. And I love Cole, but Drake is definitely as skilled as J. Cole. Definitely. Bar for bar. Drake be having bars. What's wrong with niggas? No, I'm not shitting on Drake bars. I'm just asking you bar for bar. Bar for bar, you think... So, when has Drake given us some shit like the freestyle that J. Cole dropped last year? This just a freestyle. Like, not no song. Not no 6 p.m. in New York. But that's that but that's so that's what I'm saying, bro. But but still, but when it just still comes just down to a 16, like when it come down to a song and a 16, you know what I'm saying? Like Drake is can go with with the best the best of anybody in the game. I like think it right depends there. on the 16. I think it depends on the type of 16 that you're looking for. I think he able to deliver. Cuz I don't necessarily feel like I don't feel like Drake can just like Drake can give us a 6 p.m. in New York or what was what is it 5 a.m. in Toronto like got a few of them just like he can give us those types of songs I don't necessarily feel like other artists of his caliber can can give us songs like that and we fuck with them the way that we do those I also feel like when it comes to like the Grammy freestyle or the hard part for that Kendrick did, I don't feel like Drake can give us those types of records without it coming off a certain way. And that's and that just goes back to the conversation that you and I have had before, and, I, and we'll get off of it. But the conversation we've had before about Drake not really leaning all the way into their rap shit. I mean, this is true, but I just we've seen too many instances where Drake is just on some like like I'm just like, you know, just I mean, it's a verse. I mean, it's a it's a rap verse. You know what I mean? And to me, like, I do agree with you that there are there are certain aspects of rap, right? Because rap is just so broad. There are certain aspects of rap that we just really are not going to get from Drake that we may get from a, a Kendrick. 
you know, like a like a certain feeling or, you know, kind of the type of music they make an artist like J. Cole. It's like the music is a little different from what Drake makes. So, you know, Drake, Drake cannot encapsulate all hip hop like he's not able to do it all. You know what I'm saying? While those artists, they may have the ability to do it all, like, you know, do a pop record. Uh, but really, you know, they're not doing it like Drake. So to me, I do think it's impossible to do it all and be great at it all. But when it just comes to, to me, the skill, the skill, um, you know, of putting a verse together. Uh, and obviously, you know, the metaphors, the entendres, you know, all those things that make a verse enjoyable to listen to. To me, you know, Drake is right there. Like J. Cole is able to do it. But ain't no way he better than Drake. You know, they either even or Drake better. You know, that's just how I feel. I feel like he's just as skilled as anybody. Well, hey. If that's how you feel. So, last week, we missed out on um, the, the piping hot news regarding Charlemagne the God, Wendy Williams, and Kevin Hunter. Um, and so for our listeners, we talked about this, I want to say like six months ago when Charlemagne the God had the rape allegations resurface at the height of the Me Too Time's Up uh, movement in the black community. <laughs> and he received a lot of flack. And so uh, the fallout from that was on his podcast, Brilliant Idiots with Andrew Schultz. He talked about how there was a plot um, to get him out the paint, basically, and that one day it would all make sense. And he would talk about it freely. Well, my friends, that day has come. And the person who was trying to get him out the paint is none other than Wendy Williams, ex-husband Kevin Hunter. Um, so apparently Kevin Hunter and Charlemagne um, fell out a favor with one another uh, back in 06, I believe, where um, Kevin Hunter had a side chick who ended up falling in love with Charlemagne's bodyguard, Wax. And uh, she wanted to get down on Wax. Charlemagne I mean, falling in love. Maybe that's a strong. <laughs> a no. Strong so last week on Brilliant Idiots, that's that's what he said. She, oh, he she said fell, in, she love. fell yeah, in love. She, she fell wow. in love. Um, they call her Nikki. Um, I don't know the woman's name, but apparently let's just call her Nikki. Uh, Nikki was feeling wax, fell for wax. Kevin found out he was mad, started hating. Uh, said fuck Charlemagne and fed a bunch of lies to Wendy. So Wendy Williams and Charlemagne the God fall out. Don't speak. Boom. So then, mind you, Nikki is from Charlemagne's uh, neck of the woods. So they go way back. They know each other. Know each other. Um, Kevin keeps con- keeps cheating with his, on his wife with Nikki. Um, and then you fast forward to 2018. He gets her pregnant. So. Mm. The Wendy Williams conversations you and I have been having, you know, over the last couple of weeks, uh, basically all stem from Kevin's infidelity and this uh, baby that he's having. 
um, by his side chick. And so Wendy recently filed for divorce, fired Kevin from her show, um, and is no longer in any type of business dealings or personal dealings with her estranged ex-husband. The baby is here. And the car that he bought his side chick for having the baby has been repossessed. And Kevin is going through it. Um, And Charlemagne, of course, is basking in all of this. Uh, So since since all of this has occurred, Charlemagne and Wendy have since rekindled um, speaking terms. Uh, Wendy announced on her show that Charlemagne asked her to dinner. Uh, so that they could discuss and catch up on some things. Charlemagne came back and said um, that that is not necessarily the case, but they did connect and have a uh, two or three hour long conversation, clearing the air and um, just coming clean with one another about all of the bullshit that has been spread between the two of them by Kevin Hunter. So AC seeing something as public as, this interaction in black culture from two figures and Wendy Williams and Charlemagne. Uh, what, what's your take on this? I mean, I guess, you know, obviously I was a little underwhelmed uh, because Charlemagne been hyping all this shit up. Like, you know, uh, in terms of, you know, what's, go- what's happened with him personally uh, with Kevin and how that kind of has some bearing on, um, you know, his professional career. Uh but in terms of what happened with Wendy and this nigga, I mean, I don't know, Bryce. I really don't. I mean, I, I was underwhelmed by the news of why, because Charlemagne bigged it up like it was going to be like earth shattering. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, and then when it comes out that it was this, it was kind of. It was underwhelming, I think, because he oversold it and under delivered on what it actually was. Now, granted, this was a big this was big for him, because if you've read any of his books, uh, you understand that a lot of the shit that Charlemagne had to deal with internally outside of his like family issues had to do with the the relationship and the interaction with uh, Kev and Wendy. Correct. And the, the impact that it had on his life. So while I get it from his point of view, from a viewer or a listener's point of view, it's like, I mean, a nigga was cheating on his wife and you was trying to take his side, bitch. So, <laughs> well, you was trying to put your homie on his side, bitch. So he was like, fuck this nigga. I'm going to get this nigga out the paint. And then he saw you starting to do good. You feel me? You know how haters be when you starting to climb up them charts, starting to get a little bit no notoriety. Uh, I mean, niggas be talking about haters. You know what I'm saying? And most people who talk about them don't have nobody hating on them. Yeah. But I just, I just wouldn't. I can't imagine like having somebody like truly hating on you where they're trying <laughs> to block your bag. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, that shit is crazy. Damn, Nikki blocked my bag or stopped yeah. my bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, nah, but that would be, I would just be fucking pissed. So like you just said, I know Charlemagne is obviously very excited and maybe he is hyping the shit up because when you think about somebody who did that to your career, you know, just seeing them get any type of, you know, uh, you know, just karma, I guess, you know, for what they've done, 
it's going to excite you. Yeah. You know, so I guess he getting what he deserved, man. Doing Wendy dirty, man. You know, I, I know you love to see Wendy in, in, in peril. You know what I'm saying? Like, you love to see her down, but I think we should support our black women. Nigga, I do Nate. not love Unlike to see Nate. her down. Who want her to, you know, cry on TV. But I think we should support our black women. And I do not want to through. see her. I do Unlike not want to see her cry on TV. All I Unlike ever Nate. said was, I want her to be as open and honest about her own situations <laughs> as she is about everybody else's. This is crazy, man. Which she... I, I guess you want the newscaster. I guess you want the newscaster to report the news on their family as well. No, because a newscaster is literally giving us the news that has happened, that has happened elsewhere. So they give right. us stories. Stories that have broken. We're not talking about people's personal lives here, AC. I you mean, know that, and I know that. The news. I mean, it's highly they unlikely. Going on. They talk about what's going on. You get locked up. Talking about was go- they they talk about people who got locked up. So if the newscaster get locked up, do they need to come on the next day and be like, "I was locked up"? You yeah, know, I have form, to be transparent. Form, form, so former, no, former, <laughs> former News Channel Five anchor has been arrested for. That's exactly what's going to no, happen. This shit gonna no. be breaking news. But look. But you saying that it got to be that person because because Wendy just no, be talking about other I'm, people. What I'm saying is if Win- Wendy has made her live, and I'm not finna do this with you again. <laughs> let's just let's just set I just, the I just rehash. I rehash every argument, <laughs> and we just argue again. <laughs> let's just let's just get that straight. Wendy makes a living off of talking about other people's personal strife and issues. So when she has personal strife and issues, she cannot remain silent. Because she's made her living off of that. So when some shit happened in your life, you got to air this shit out just like everybody else. Because if you don't, everybody else will. The only difference here is everybody else will because you do it for everybody else. And maybe she's willing to take that, but maybe she's not willing to be like, okay, let me do the shit too. Maybe she's just willing to take it from everybody Keep else. Keep that same energy. That. Keep that same energy. Nah, bro. Keep that same energy. All I'm saying is, I just want to uplift our black women. You're trying to tear them down. Yeah, clearly, clearly, that's what I'm trying to do. Actually. Yeah, I mean, I don't know other no other explanation for what I'm you're saying. sure. I am sure. I mean, damn, Nate. Have it's you evil world we live in? <laughs> have you seen the uh, situation where DJ Powell is suing Travis Scott? For $20 million? I did see that. And then I did see something shortly after that that said that both camps were like in discussion. So maybe they're trying to work that out. I did find that surprising to think that if DJ Paul did think, well, I mean, you know, he's obviously right in saying that it was sampled, but I did find it surprising that they weren't able to like work it out amongst themselves before it became a public article, you know, that he was suing them. Uh, Cause I don't know, I just wouldn't expect DJ Paul to go straight to like suing another nigga in the rap game. I mean, I don't know. Now, if it was a case where he did try reaching out to Travis Scott Camp, like you know, what's up with that song? Like y'all ain't cleared, and they was giving him the runaround. Then you know, that's all good. But hopefully they get it worked out, man. Uh, cause it's clear as day. I mean, it's nothing even to. I mean, I thought that's. 
I don't, I don't even think Travis was trying to pass it off as not that. I just don't, I don't know the details. Like, did he really just not even clear that shit at all? Or, like, what's going on? Or did, for some reason, DJ Paul not getting paid for it? Or From my like, understanding, he didn't get it cleared at all. Like, that's that's wild. That's just that's just crazy to think, because I know they're clearing hella samples, and how yeah. you not clear that one? Yeah, I, I don't know. That's the damn hook. So, yeah, I hope that situation works itself out because it's like I know DJ Paul don't necessarily want to be that person. But when you have so many people profiting off of what you created and like it's not like these are songs that we don't know. You know what I mean? Right. It's like. I remember when Fab when Fab sampled uh Fat Joe uh lifestyle, right? Niggas was like, what the fuck? <laughs> because the shit was still like it was within the same generation of one another. Like when we hear a, a Michael Jackson sample or we hear a uh you know Earth Wind and Fire sample or a Whitney, whatever the case may be, it's like, okay, but Three six is is we don't realize how long it's been, but like a lot of us who are listening to music right now know the three six music that is being sampled, so we can see the imprint that the three six is leaving on the culture right now because we grew up with these songs, and so to now hear them sample one is wild, but I, I fuck with it. You feel me? I'm I'm a fan, um, but then for you to do it blatantly. And then not even get it clear. Like, come on, bro. Somebody had yeah. to lose their job for that. Like, and I'm not even going to blame Travis because I'm sure it was a team of people who were responsible for this shit. And somebody just did not do what the fuck they were supposed to do. Clearly. So. Clearly. Sticking with the same family. Uh, your favorite rapper. Kanye Tudor. Kanye Tudor. Uh, has been in the news for his Coachella Easter sermon performance. Easter um, sermon performance, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's really what they calling it. I mean, DMX, DMX spoke, and I think Kanye did like a service where you know he does his Sunday services and and shit right. like that. But this was like his Sunday service on steroids. Uh, and I don't think people are necessarily so outraged by what he did, but there was merchandise that came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about hoodies, sweatshirts, shirts that that say things like Holy Spirit. Um, there were socks that say church socks, all of these being sold at ungodly amounts of money. Um, right. And I think people are more so outraged by the monetization of Christianity in this way um and so what's been what's really been floating around is a uh clip that that scotty beam uh when she was on state of the culture when they were talking about uh kanye uh and i'll play it here so that people understand and then let's let's discuss ac and god has employed to get black people to to forgive you because a lot of people do that 
And a lot of people bring up God, pull out God whenever it's convenient for them because you done fucked up so bad that you, the only way that black people can fuck with you is when you bring up the, our Lord and Savior. So. But let me add to that. You are 100% right. That's a very. <laughs> so. Yo, this nigga Joe Budden voice <laughs> just be too much for me. <laughs> that nigga got the radio voice for real. <laughs> So, what are your thoughts on this whole situation, AC? Like, I mean, I get, I get what she's saying. I just don't think it's applicable here. I don't think that Kanye's goal is to get black people back on his side by doing these Sunday services. Like, I don't, I just don't think that's the goal. Uh, Kanye has always had religion incorporated into his music since you know the first album. So it ain't like it's some brand new shit. Like he doing some brand new pivot shit. You know what I mean? The nigga been talking about being on better vibes for a while. Uh, you know, started doing the Sunday service. You know, he's been involved with choirs. Uh, I don't know. Like, you know, he been doing the shit in the mountains and shit. You know, that's just what he been on. I don't think it's any attempt to, like, get black people back. Nor do I think it's working on any black people who have canceled Kanye. I, you know. I don't think that's the goal. I, I think it's reasonable to say that, but in this instance, I just really don't see it. I don't see that. So you don't think the the merchandising and basically having this these services at these super exclusive places where you basically got to pay top dollar to even get in? Like you don't you don't have any issue with that. And I, I'm not I'm not putting a, a an opinion. I, I'm just asking. Well, in terms of his regular Sunday service that he's been having for the past few weeks, I don't know the details on that. I don't. From my understanding, I thought they were just private services. I didn't think that they were something that somebody could go to. I thought Coachella was like him bringing that to Coachella. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like he's been doing that. Coachella's coming up. Hey, you know we should do it at Coachella. That would be live. And then they did it at Coachella. Now the merchandising, you know, that's it's it's. Kanye merch, you know what I mean? Like it's his concert, it's merch, it's gonna be price high. You know, when we talk about monetizing on Christianity, I mean niggas sell Christian stuff every day. You can go to the Christian bookstores, plenty of monetization on Christianity. Like I don't so I don't you know what I'm saying? I don't really see the difference uh in that I don't see nothing negative. I'll say that. And I'm somebody who really don't like like I really don't like for God to be played with. And rap, like I really, I like I hate when artists like sample a gospel song, but the song ain't ain't about nothing good. That really kind of, I really, that really rubs me the wrong way. Uh, so sometimes the stuff Kanye be doing, it do rub me the wrong way. And even these services, it's like, you know, I understand that they perform in some gospel, but then it's like other kind of worldly songs that we're kind of singing this gospel. Um, like I don't know, I feel like it should just be two separate things. Like you know, for that, it should just be strictly gospel songs or something made in a gospel way. I can understand it being a little alternative, but you know, for the most part, I don't have a problem with it though. You know, because I do think it's for it, it has it's for a good cause. I don't think it's for a bad cause. You know, I really do think it's supposed to be for uh, you know a spirit a spiritual encounter. You know, for a possible attendee. I do think that's the purpose. And music can do that, definitely. Music yeah. can always do that. Music music can. I, I think, and this is me just looking at it from my skewed point of view, because I'm 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 just be honest with you. Like I'm 
I'm very skeptical of Kanye these days because I, I feel like every time Kanye steps out and does anything, it is for the direct financial benefit of Kanye. So when you see Kanye come out and tell us that, you know, he's getting back to his roots with his friends and all of this shit, then we don't see nothing else. His friends are public about, you know, having not spoke to him uh, since, you know, that, that, that string of interviews. And then he starts releasing these clips of, you know, the Sunday service. And like you said, it's like a mixture of, worldly secular music and gospel music it's like okay what why is he doing this and then to to scotty beam's point it's like we see this all the time when niggas fuck up in black culture they do one or two things they either cry insanity that they crazy and that they're unstable and you know they need help or they act like they the prodigal son and return back to God. And while both of those things can be true, when you deal with somebody like Kanye, who has done both of those things, and both of them could very well be correct, it's like when Kanye came out and told us that he was suffering from mental illness, right? He caught a little sympathy from people. Then when he didn't, when it seemed like he didn't get the response or the level of forgiveness that he felt like he needed, he doubled down and was like, nah, I ain't got mental illness. I just ain't been asleep. So then niggas is like, oh, you bullshitting. So then he was like, well, fuck y'all. I'm going to lean back into this Trump shit. You feel me? MAGA forever. I'm going to go tell Trump, you know. He like a father figure. He he the greatest thing ever, giving him the biggest dick flute solo. And so niggas is really like, nah, fuck that. But this other demographic is like, well, look, this black likes him. Let's use him as the poster child. And then his wife comes out and was like, Kanye is not the poster child for black people liking Trump. So then you pair that with now he's on keeping up with the Kardashians. One thing that historically he has not wanted to be very involved with right he's been around but he's been very adamant and vocal about you know not wanting to be incorporated into that now he's like a full-fledged like he's a cast member (laughs) so you you take that into account then you start looking at the whole sunday service situation and it's like okay so Telling us you was crazy didn't work. Then doubling down and, and telling us that you fuck with Trump with the hopes that we would try to turn you back into our brother, that didn't work. So ain't nothing left for you to do but to go back to God. And like you said, since we since he did give us Jesus walks uh, and gave us some other, you know, Christian incorporated songs, uh, uh, gave us shit, really showed the world who Chance the Rapper was on, you know, Ultralight being like when you have a history of doing that, it's easy for people who are in support of you to say, well, he been doing this. You get what I'm saying? Like, it just seems like every scheme that we've historically seen used 
when somebody is in his position, he's using and it hasn't seemed to work. But up until this point, it's like niggas couldn't really just be like, fuck it, because I think everybody can be honest and say, "Okay, something's going on with Kanye. Like we know something is going on with him. And if this church shit is how he can work through some of his issues or whatever the case may be, I had no problem with it. My issue becomes, though, when you try to profit with the merch thing. Like, if it was Yeezy stuff, you get what I'm saying? Like, if it's Yeezy Kanye stuff, I'm cool. When you start putting stuff like holy, when you start putting Christian beliefs and Christian themes on merchandise just for you to sell, because people not people not buying it for what it is. People are buying it because it's Kanye merch. So the I mean, meaning... But- I mean, if you, if you bought some stuff that had a cross on it, I mean, you know, would you, I just, I just feel like we see that kind of often, like a cross on stuff, you know. But usually people are buying, I, I'll, I'll put it this way. Usually people buy Christian related things for Christian related purposes. Okay. Nine, to, nine times out of 10. Like what the example you use, like when you go to the Christian bookstore, right? You're going into a Christian bookstore, so you know exactly what you're going to get. If you're going to Coachella, you're not going to Coachella because you want to tell you want to show everybody uh, that you're a Christian. So you're going to go cop you a Holy Spirit sweatshirt. Like that's not that's not the purpose. The purpose is I'm going to go cop this two hundred and seventy dollar crew neck that says Holy Spirit on it because Kanye sold it after his church service, and I know I can resell it, or I know it's going to be limited. So I'm going to just let everybody know, you feel me? I was at the Kanye shit. Like the purpose behind it is not the purpose I mean, still serves. The purpose serves Kanye. Like I, like I started with, like the, it, it always seems like everything that he does in this space that he sells to us, like he's trying to do something bigger or better than what we expect of him. It always comes back to serve Kanye. I mean, I'll just, you know, I, I look at Kanye as somebody who always trying to, you know, do something different, do something creative. Uh, so he started doing the Sunday service, you know, and then as far as the merch, I don't know. I really just don't see the big deal, man. You know, I do understand that people could be buying the merch for the wrong reason, but that ain't I mean, that ain't got nothing to do with Kanye. You know, if I'm somebody who really was moved by the Sunday service and, you know, I'm trying to cop the merch because I was there and I witnessed that. And, you know, I feel like it's nothing wrong with me buying that. And uh, any type of, you know, it ain't like there's something else negative that's on the shirt. And then also Holy Spirit. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a good message. So, you know, I don't feel like it's spreading nothing negative from somebody wearing it. Mm-hmm. I understand that he's getting paid off of it, but plenty of people are paid off of Christianity. Like, you know. As long as the and me- as long as it's not spreading like a bad message, you know, I really just don't, I don't see the problem. Because niggas gonna you. make money off God. I mean, it's just that's just what it is. It it is a business. Religion is a business. So as long as you ain't doing it in a really bad way, you know, like stealing from people, you know, in the name of God or something like that. Which, I mean, some could argue that 
depending upon you know i'm not even gonna get into that sticking with um the theme of the kardashians um jordan woods came out did you see the the quote that she had um i don't think so or maybe I so, did. But, so jordan yeah. woods came out and said that she now finally knows uh what it's like to feel like a black woman uh to really feel like a black woman in America after she felt like she was bullied by the entire world uh, during the Tristan Thompson fiasco. AC, what do you make of this comment? I mean, um, I don't know. I mean, I would like to ask her a little bit more, like, you know, what, what has been different for you? You know what I mean? What did you notice about this treatment that really brought out uh, the race element, I guess, into it? that really made it feel different you know does she feel like because she black she got more backlash or is she saying that if she was white she would have got less backlash what is she saying what am i missing here is what i would ask her i i, I think that i can assume that her statement is more so geared towards the level of hate and constant ridicule and demeaning comments and stares because I think when you come from money when you're born and raised around money uh, you've been secluded from a certain type of lifestyle in a certain area like where she grew up and where she's from I do think that the reality of the everyday struggle of the average black person does get missed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I think this situation remind, it was like a reality check. Like, yo, you a nigga and you was, you was with them folks and now you're not in their good graces. So you got a whole Kardashian army of stands who will literally hang out in your comments every single day to tell you that you are a nappy headed bitch. You get what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. because that's what, that's what crazed stands do. They, they will find whatever they feel like can hurt you the most. That's what they're going to do. And they're going to do it every day. They'll set an alarm clock. Wide. <laughs> like, I mean, but that disrespect to, to me is not, you know, it's not to be analogous. Is that the word I'm looking for? Analogous to, uh, you know, just being a black woman in general, you know what I mean? Like all this was brought onto you because of, you know, some shit that happened like in a pop culture type setting where it don't matter what you are, the stand's going to get you, you know what I'm saying? And if they ain't calling you a nappy headed hoe, they calling you something else, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they calling you a, they calling you a nigger, nigger and all. But I think the, the reality is, like I said, you know, the, the fears and the stigmas and the frustration of the pressure and bullshit that black women have to deal with day in and day out on a normal basis as just a normal, regular, regular, schmegular black woman. I think she now can understand that because on a basic level, a lot of the, a lot of the things that the, the average black woman may have may feel on a regular basis. She's privileged enough financially that she don't necessarily have to deal with a lot of that. You get what I'm saying? Like she's she's fair she's fair skinned. Skinned. Uh, she is in a part of the United States of, of America 
where a lot of people are her skin tone so she can be racially ambiguous if she wants to or if need be um she has features that are not necessarily always attributed with black people so it's easy for her to be racially ambiguous and you know and like i said in the part of the country where she's at racial ambiguity is you got like asians white people racially ambiguous people and then you got like a small percentage of black people that are all in the same area Hmm. so the struggles that she may have to deal with because of how she looks is a little bit different but when you are now surrounded by people in the same tax bracket as you and they see you as the enemy because you've defamed and betrayed the 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 royal kardashian family it's like oh now you're outcast you get what i'm saying like now you feel like every other black girl at the all white school or every other black girl at uh who has to constantly be in white spaces because you are a minority and and the majority rules like i think that's more so what she feels and i've seen a lot of people especially black women be like what the fuck do she mean? Like we were rooting for her. And and I think a lot of times we, we dismiss the privileges that some of us have. And we think that it's just universal to all black people. And it's not. I agree. I agree with that. So yeah, that's, that's my two. You, you got anything else, man, before we hit uh vital information? Uh, no, I don't, so. And now, your boy may be with more vital information for your everyday life. AC, have you seen this Elizabeth Warren story? Yeah, she trying to get, she trying to hype us up, man. (laughs) (laughs) So give it, give it to us, bro. Give it to us. I mean, she talking about, you know, forgiving student loan debt, man. And and that's just, you know, that's going to perk everybody's ears up. You know, I know in the clip that I saw, she talking about how if we just taxed. Um, what, what percentage did she say? Like a two or three percent tax on like every dollar that niggas make over 50 million. So, you know, they money don't start getting taxed until they you know, make 50 million, then mm-hmm. we will be able to damn near pay everybody shit. Uh, niggas will get free daycare, free after school care. And then she said it'd also be like a trillion dollars left over. Like if we just applied a tax like that. And I'm like, that is incredible stats. But I don't believe that America ever going to do some shit that's going to be helpful for Americans. I've kind of lost hope in that. But maybe it's just because I'm young and all I've seen is shit not working out and Trump I I, I can agree I, I also feel like one I feel like Elizabeth Warren if anybody would try to get this done it would be Elizabeth Warren she tried the, the issue is they not gonna go for it it's just it's just never gonna happen man they not forgiving <laughs> no debt or I mean, maybe they will, but I, it'd be, it would be amazement. It would be so shocking to me. Well, for one, they're not gonna let her get in there. 
<laughs> yeah, that is. <laughs> that's the that's number one. Like that's my thing. It's like all of these candidates who are having these really great ideas not gonna get elected. They're not gonna be the Democratic nominee because the reality of this game is it's politics. And as much as folks hate Kamala Harris and Bernie Sanders, I saw something today where it said tomorrow, Thursday, Joe Biden is supposed to uh, throw his hat officially into the ring. Those are going to be your three front runners. It's likely going to end up being Bernie and Joe. Because Kamala still, she's too young. Uh, while she will probably be able to carry some of the minority vote, Black people aren't unified enough on enough topics to get her in to even be, you know, the second candidate. Joe going to get it off wham. Off wizam. <laughs> <laughs> he just going to get it off wham. One, because outside of Bernie Sanders, he's likely the most seasoned politician. He's been our vice president, so we know that he knows what the role consists of and he is he was the vice president to the most polarizing figure of the last hundred years in barack obama so democrats look like okay we can easily repackage joe to where he's not obama 2.0 but he won't undermine any of the things that they did in that administration and he will bolster the democratic party to return Because Trump, the, the way you beat Trump is you have to have a rock star candidate who can match his rock star abilities with his core. Right. If you can't do that, it's not going to happen. Like like we've discussed before with, with the last election, Hillary should have chosen Bernie Sanders as her running mate. That would have been lit. If she would have chose him as her running mate, we wouldn't be in this situation. Would they have had would they have disagreed fundamentally on a whole lot of shit? Yes. Would they have had to figure that shit out? Yes. But Donald Trump would be nowhere near the presidency because you would have had two fully engaged cores coming together for one cause. And the cause should have always been keep Donald Trump out of the office of president. It shouldn't have been vote for her it shouldn't have been feel the burn it should have been keep donald j trump the fuck out of the white house but no motherfuckers didn't do that hillary picked some nigga that don't nobody even don't nobody even remember her vice president's name i I was literally the whole time i've been like (laughs) bro i'm trying to ask this nigga who was her running mate because i honestly (laughs) have been sitting here and i don't remember who it was like we don't he's that that's how forgettable he was we don't even remember the nigga's name and it's like you just like even even how she beat Bernie like we we know the shit was rigged we know Bernie got cheated I mean it is what it is but if we're gonna be honest Bernie could not have won that election without having an outstanding stellar vice president and that nigga wasn't gonna pick no vice president that was gonna be outstanding to stellar (laughs) that's just the reality of it I mean it's just nobody would have thought that we was gonna need all that damn firepower to be Trump. Like nobody was anticipating that, you know. So it's like I can understand how niggas 
or how this went wrong because you know there were some points where Trump, I mean, you just would think it's a wrap. I mean, when the grabber by the pussy came out, I mean, it's just like, damn, like, this is bad look. You know, him calling uh, Hispanic people rapists. I'm just yeah. like, damn, like, this is not a good look. But little did we know, that's that's America. I mean, we knew it. This is the thing. And when I think back to the, to the Donald Trump, when I think back to the election, I think the mainstream American media were so we were so ignorant and gullible to forget the very things that America loves the most. And that's controversy and flat out say what the fuck you want. Like when we think about the the TV shows right that have lasted the longest on network television they are all things that pull at our heartstrings and in some shape form or fashion is a little bit bullshit mm-hmm. like when you look at let's look at like the simpsons right the simpsons is it has some moments but for the most part it's a bunch of bullshit it's a little bit racist well it's a lot of bit racist but it's like covert racism Cause it's funny, satire, right? right. <laughs> Family Guy, same way. Great, show. like South Park. All of those, like those, and so when you look at the demographics, like Roseanne was bringing in millions of streams on a regular basis. When they announced that Roseanne was coming back, motherfuckers was like, "Oh shit, Roseanne coming back! Turn up." <laughs> motherfuckers was not super outraged because if motherfuckers were super outraged as liberal as fucking abc is they was like they would have been like nah we're not gonna do that you can like i mean niggas was mad though niggas was mad but niggas and, but was ABC not he was like you know we gonna roll with it because you know if, if we, we know that there's get a the demographic dollar, there yeah yeah we, we know that the there's dollar, a de- we'll make it and that's the thing like liberals were so gullible it, first of all when Hillary won, and I think I said this when when because I was talking to somebody about this shit, and I was like, Hillary has to understand she has to get as much buy-in, if not more, than Barack Obama did. She's going to have to exhaust every possible scenario to get this win. Because even on a basic level, we're talking about men in America. Men will register to vote just to make sure that a woman does not become president. Like, there is a lot of men (laughs) in this country who feel like a woman is unfit. And if you look at the percentages, it's a significant percentage of women who feel the same damn way. Correct. So when you have those two things going against you, yeah, you white. Yeah, you the most experienced person to ever fucking run for president, but you're a woman. So you have to overcompensate for the things that you are lacking in. When you got a pompous, rich, billionaire, asshole person on the other end that people are feeding into the entertainment factor that he brings, you can't underestimate that. 
because Americans are fucking stupid. <laughs> and you True. know what we do? Stupid shit. And you know the dumbest shit that we've done thus far? Vote this nigga in the president. Y'all did that. I ain't do that. I didn't vote for his ass either, so. But as the American people, I mean. We did it. <laughs> yep. So, vital information is everybody needs to read up on the candidates. I don't believe uh, anybody's going to run in the Republican party uh, against Trump. So I think he's going to automatically get um, the nomination. But if you're looking at independent, if you're looking at tea parties, if you're looking at Democrats, uh, do your research on what all of these people are talking about. Cause right now the, the, the zing thing to do is whatever is going to get you interested in my platform, whether it's reparations, whether it's student loan forgiveness, whether it's giving everybody a thousand dollars a month, like <laughs> folks is out here just talking out the side of their motherfucking necks. Niggas, like niggas <laughs> proposing all the crazy shit. Like, yo, we finna get y'all free everything. You know what I'm saying? I'm finna eliminate taxes. You know what I'm saying? Free card, corporate card, everybody. Everybody get a corporate debit card. You know what I'm saying? When we just load that hole. You know what we I'm saying? We in this when bitch. You, <laughs> when you run out, nigga, just hit us up. We're going to give you some more. Vote for me. I got y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> turn up for that. Um, Do you want to do... You want to you want to go into Game of Thrones or do you want to go into sports? But I do want to get the Game of Thrones. But I do want to get into sports because what happened to your boys last night, man? Happened to your boys. We got the gentleman sweep. Happened to your boys. The gentleman sweep was Look, in full man. effect last night. Look, man, I know ain't nobody gonna remember, but uh, that was a bad shot. That was a bad shot, man. But you know, he made it, so you know it is what it is. Yo, that what's was some with, goofy shit. What's up with PG, man? Like, get <laughs> like, your that homie, was some, bro. Get like, your I, nigga. Like, I get, I get him not wanting to give props, but it's. I've been talking about this all. All morning. Like the reality of the situation is, and I really wish we would have been able to get uh the episode out last week when we talked about this shit, because it was a funny ass exchange. Um the reality of the situation is Portland was a better team. That's just the reality of it. That's it. As an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, last week when you and I were discussing this, I told you OKC would win one. I won that bet, you know, shout out to AC for for paying me my five. Uh, but when we discussed it, we both agreed OKC was going to lose 5-4-1. Because the reality of the situation yeah, we did. was... We did. Because <laughs> that's why I was, was kind of mad because I'm like, why I bet on them niggas a sweep when I, I said they was going to lose in five? Like, I, I said that. We both agreed that. Like, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Like, but we still I, let that I, bet stand. I remember I saying, like, the only way OKC would win the series is if they won it in seven, and that was highly unlikely. Because the reality of the situation is... Russ, is, Russ was not playing at 
a sustainable level in the win the win that we got, right? I knew that wasn't sustainable. PG, whether people want to use it as an excuse or not, PG is hurt. Um to the extent of which he's hurt, we probably won't find out until shit, damn near training camp. Um when somebody ask him about it and he'll be like oh well this is what was going on so but we knew something was not right with Paul George so you basically had Dennis Schroeder Russell Westbrook Steven Adams going up against Dame Mo Seth CJ and his canter <laughs> like they were literally a complete team. And you can't you there's nothing you can do. And I and I will admit that Russ played while he plays hard consistently, there were some fundamental judgment calls that were just <laughs> terrible. <laughs> oh really? You don't say. And this is where uh, I think I said it in the group me, but like this is where I feel like moving forward, we finally have a stand up point guard in Schroeder. Russ needs to move to the two. Russell Westbrook is not a point guard. He's not. He's a natural two guard in positionless basketball. As ball dominant, as great as these other point guards are in the league, Russell Westbrook is not a point guard. Can he get you assists? Yes. Is he a natural point guard? No, he's a two. And now that you have a guard that he works pretty well with, like they need to move him to his natural position so that he can be off ball and run downhill when he get the ball and do what it is that he does. Because you can make plays without the ball in your hand, especially if you're Russell Westbrook. Russ also got to get in the gym and get that mid-range consistent jump shot to fall. Like, muscling niggas is cool, but if you can't get that mid-range to fall consistently, over time, you're going to end up in situations like we in. Like we were in Paul George, he just has to figure it out. You know what? Forget like, Paul George, man. You ain't come to LA, so it's fuck you. And I hope, and I hope you don't never win nothing. You gonna go play with Russell over LeBron? Where you guarantee the finals, my nigga? I'm done. I mean, let's be honest. Paul let's, George goes to honest. LA. Paul George goes to LA. Nigga, we going to the Western Conference Finals. Do you really feel like Paul George and LeBron James were comparable as the Lakers are currently pieced together? LeBron was going to make it work. But we said that about adaptable. But we said that about Bron with these young cats, and it didn't work. Mm, it was working. He got hurt, man. Like you know, this season you can't really count it because you know my nigga was hurt. And he not my nigga. I hate LeBron. But I got to hold him down. I was sure going to say, damn, I got to hold him down. Niggas start wearing that purple and gold. <laughs> you got to hold him down, man. You know? That's what you got to do. I, I feel like, while I do feel like Paul, Paul made a loyalty choice. And while I can respect it, 
Um, I I don't even think Paul should have went to the Lakers. I think Paul should have waited to see what would happen and talked to some people. If I was Paul, I'd have done another. I'd have done another year contract. And when it's a free agency this year, because when you think about it, free agency this year, now you can really see where the balance and power is going to shift. Like if Kyrie, KD end up going to New York, Clay ends up being interested in leaving Golden State. Now if I'm Paul George, now I'm like, oh, so you mean to tell me me and Clay can both hit LA? That's that's easier. Yeah, that's a that's a no brainer. Going to L.A. with an aging LeBron and that young nucleus that they had, I mean, I can see why Paul may have been like, shit, me and Russ didn't even really have time to get to to jail together, and we was able to do this, and, you know, I feel like this nigga got me, so I'm going to do what it is that I need to do. Billy Donovan is also somebody who is catching a lot of slack right now, and I just want to remind people that this is 2019. Billy Donovan was the same coach that maneuvered us to being up 3-1 on Golden State with Mm -hmm. Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. And what people like to forget is Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, while they played out of their minds that that playoff run, a lot Mm -hmm. of us winning the series that we won was because of the schemes that Billy Donovan... Billy Donovan was basically playing chess with fucking Greg Popovich. (laughs) And Greg Popovich looked like he was playing checkers. Almost to the point where Greg Popovich was like, bro, I don't know what the fuck y'all want me to do. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, I don't know what you want me to do. So Billy Donovan is a good Coach, I think now he has to figure out what is going to be the winning scheme with the pieces that he has. They got to get another. They have to get a solid, consistent scorer. Somebody who can get you a good. They need like a Rudy Gay type of player. Not necessarily superstar level anymore. Not necessarily all-star level, but somebody who is a ball player in the league who can get you buckets if you need it. Because OKC is like when everybody collapses on Russ, Steven Adams is going to do pickup work. Paul George, depending on how he feeling that game, he may or may not be stroking from, from outside. They ain't got nobody else. Schroeder can get it to you, but he's hit or miss. And I mean, if we're going to be honest, Shit, what's what's the Roberson? Mm-hmm. When Roberson come back, like unless this nigga has been going to the Steph Curry Skills Academy, he probably still ain't gonna be able to hit the broad side of a barn. He could turn up. I mean, it's highly unlikely. And Schroeder just needs to be better. Like he just needs to like this offseason, he needs to go get better. You he need to, I mean? he need to go do what he need to go do what Victor Oladipo did. Yeah, that's what he needs. That regimen, whatever that was. <laughs> Which ironically was the Russell Westbrook regimen. <laughs> no, Oladipo, I mean, he been kind of turning up, though, even before. He has. He, ha- he has. But I remember the, 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 the interview he did before they got traded, and he was talking about, like, him training with Russ is what gave him 
the next, what did he say? The next gear. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know. And, and you know, Russ, I mean, Russ ain't never been quiet about like, he be hooping with like Kobe now. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> niggas, I know niggas he be know going in that lifetime. You know what I mean? I know, so I know he be balling. The reality of the situation is shout out to Portland. Dame is on a tear. This is my take for the rest of the Western Conference playoffs. Dame is on a mission to dog every point guard in the West that they have ever said is better than him. Hmm. That's what his mission is. Every guard that they've ever said, that they've ever picked over him, that they've ever felt like was better than him, his his goal is to dog them. And I think he wants it to culminate in the Western Conference Finals where he gets to go mano a mano with Steph Curry and he gets to to figure out who who's the who's the alpha male cuz i think what i don't know if it was me and you talking or maybe it was me and jeff but it's like when paul george when we won right and they was doing all that talk i remember telling somebody like you got to let sleeping dogs lie <laughs> You can't piss niggas like Dame Lillard off. Because a nigga like Dame Lillard, he not going to do a whole bunch of rah-rah in return. That nigga's going to get in his bag. And you know what this nigga did? Got in that motherfucking bag. I mean, a 50-piece, <laughs> bro. Like, that shit don't make, like... A 50-piece. What's, what's crazy is, you know, um, what's the young lady? Uh, the reporter. Damn, I've been watching all her damn videos too. Uh, Freaking. Nah, she's been doing really good videos with like Jimmy Butler. Uh, the the most recent one I watched was with uh, Damian Lillard. Who she report for? Uh, Bleacher Report. Taylor Rooks. Taylor Rooks. So Taylor Rooks has a new online show. Uh, her her interview with Jimmy Butler was amazing, uh, and the one with um, Dame Lillard was even better because it talked about it showed you the character of who Dame was. Like Dame basically came out and said he would never leave Portland because his goal is to get it out the mud. That's the type of player he's always been. People have always doubted him. People have always said he wasn't good enough. So he did everything in his power to prove them wrong. That was his goal, and so. When you talk about playing out of your damn mind, it's like that's all he know. All he know is who. And in the last two years, the way that they've exited, he hadn't been happy with. So he like, you know, he would never go and join up with somebody else to get a ring because that's just not his style. And so that kind of let me know, like the type of nigga <laughs> that Dame is like Dame said he ain't doing no politicking. He ain't calling nobody to say, hey, come to Portland. Like, he like niggas who come. That's that's what they want to do. We running with who here. And so when you take a nigga like that and you piss him off by doing some disrespectful shit like dunking at the end of a game that you done already won, nah, bro. That was disrespectful. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to keep it 100% honest with you, AC. Last night, 
before the game even started, the game started at like 10 o'clock my time. I didn't even watch the game. (laughs) I went to sleep. I put it on the Food Network and went to sleep because you know what? I knew what the fuck was going to (laughs) happen. I was like, I know what the fuck's going on. I'm not even going to watch this shit. I'll just wake up and, you know, if things work out, we pull the win out. Yeah. If we get our ass beat or if we lose, I ain't even had to see it. I woke up at like three o'clock to get to, to give me a sip of water, turn my phone over, seeing we lost by three. I'm like, oh, shit, what the fuck happened? Seen, seen the game winner. It was like, yeah, see, I didn't even need to see that because I didn't even mm-hmm. need to put myself through that bullshit. Yeah, Especially that was- when I saw we was up 15 with seven minutes left. How I the mean, fuck do you blow a 15-point lead? When you got when you got Westbrook at the helm, anything is possible. And that's what anything I know for is sure. Anything is possible! <laughs> <laughs> that's what I know for sure. So, man. Shout out, shout out Russ, man. man. Yeah, shout out Westbrook, man. Keep your head up. Paul George, fuck you. Should have came to LA, wow. man. Could have, you know, could have. We could have, we could have still made the playoffs. Then LeBron would have been ready. You know, we could have gave him a little bit more rest. Niggas could have made some noise. But you know, you want to get the gentleman sweep in the first round next to a chucking ass nigga. That's what you want to do. That's fine. You could have been with a nigga who trying to dish it to you. It's all good, man. Yeah. What What other NBA playoff takes you got? Uh, NBA playoff takes, man. Hey, Kyrie looking good, man. Kyrie looking good. And now, you know, this Bucks Boston series is just, it got even more interesting to me. Cause first I was just like, man, Boston ain't got it. But now I don't know, man, maybe Kyrie ready. It may be Greek freak, not ready, but I don't know, man. It's going to be good. Like this going to be a good playoffs. 76ers. Toronto, it's about to be lit. The Warriors definitely going to beat the Clippers, so we're going to get to see the Warriors and Rockets again. I mean, what the hell is going on with James Harden with, with the other day when this nigga went like 0 for 15 from the field to start the game? Some bullshit like that. But how are we going to call you great and you doing shit like that? I mean, if we going to be honest, man, James Harden is tired. Like, that man tired. Like my nigga is. T- I mean, think about it, bro. Think about the tear he's been on all season, just to get to the playoffs. And you got to do this again. Like you got to do all of this shit against the same team who now they didn't scheme for you. So they, I mean, this nigga is seeing every defense possible this this season. Well, shit, this is what you got to do, man, if you want to be the champ. I mean, yeah, but when you've been when you've been pulling the weight of an entire team. Look, man, you got Chris Paul, man. Quit crying. I mean You got Capella. I mean, what's up? Bro, have you seen Clint Capella shoot a free throw? Bro, see, <laughs> you know, now we're talking about free throws. Even Westbrook can't hit a free throw, bro. Sometimes niggas can't hit free throws. Nah, bro. I'm talking about Clint Capella right now. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Clint Capella almost airball two free throws. Four different times the other night. I'm like, bro, just hey, throw the motherfucker at the square. Free throws are <laughs> like, tough, man. Tough. Like, just throw it at the square, bro. Man, that shit was hard to watch. I was like, ooh, that ain't even gonna grace the damn 
Oh, it hit the rim a little bit. It's like, damn, bro. Mm. But yeah, man, James Harden is, he's, I think he's, he's feeling a little bit fatigued, man. They, they should have, they should have closed this one out quickly. That's what I feel like. Mm-hmm. Because the reality of the situation is they closed this out. Golden State gonna close they shit out. And now you gotta go up against the Monstars. <laughs> I mean, they can win, man. I mean second round. The Warriors are defeatable. They almost did it last year. They they can do it again. Yeah, they but can see do it my, again. my thing about them last year is the Warriors do look the the Warriors do look a lot more mortal this year. My thing is if KD decides that he wants to stop bullshitting and take over the game like only KD can do. Mm-hmm. Who does Houston have to stop him? I mean no, nobody can stop KD. But who do they even have that can slow him down? I don't know, PJ Tucker. And see, that's 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 my <laughs> thing. See, PJ Tucker, it as as big as he plays, he ain't big enough. He he not Nobody's he not big, big enough. enough. He not long Pause. enough. See, pause, pause. Trevor Ariza, <laughs> on the other hand, you remember Trevor Ariza had those long arms that right. could disrupt Kevin Durant. So it's like, no, he didn't stop him. But Trevor Ariza, I mean, this nigga was Kobe teammate. These niggas really didn't pay Trevor Ariza. What were they thinking? (laughs) Like, Like, what's up, Houston? (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Like, I don't understand the shit. That's a champion right there. Champion. So. Yeah, man. um, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see the rest, man. I'm really, I'm really... A little anxious to see who's gonna win this uh this uh, uh this Spurs series with the Nuggets. I think it's going seven. Like if the Spurs can pull that out, I know the Nuggets gonna be so sick. They're gonna be like Why? damn, because they've been damn near, you know, top of the West all year. Just to lose in the first round. That's a this a big year for them. Yeah, but I mean, we all know as big of a year as it is for them. If they win this series, they gonna lose the next series. That ain't guaranteed. I mean, they're I playing, just don't. They play in Portland. I mean, they can beat Portland. I just don't feel like they are experienced enough. Jokic. This is my issue. Jokic is their star player, right? You the star player. You cannot pick and choose when you want to show up as the star player on a young team. Because Murray has the confidence (laughs) of 81 points scoring Kobe. But he's not the star of their team. So as the star of the team, you got to be able to reel that shit in and let people know, okay, look, when it gets down, when the when it's coming down the stretch of the game, like I have to get touches. Even if I'm dishing to somebody else, I have to get touches. Jokic disappears in games. 
in the games that San Antonio has been able to win, when that guard, uh, what Derek White, when he, I mean, granted, nobody really expected him to play out of his mind like he did, but even in the, in the games that San Antonio won, Jokic for the most part disappeared down the stretch. I mean, and he getting hold by Lamarcus Aldridge. It's a vet, man. Exactly. That's why I'm saying, like, I just don't feel like Denver is experienced enough to be like they on this stage. It's like you remember when you remember when uh, Golden State kept blowing them leads against San Antonio. Yeah. Mark Jackson, what was it? His last year as they coach. Mm-hmm. Well, they was just like they was just bullshitting. Like they was ready, but they just was not ready. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's where that's where Denver is right now. They're in that in-between stage where they've done everything they needed to do to get to this point, but they're just not ready to handle a Greg Popovich coach team with DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge as his primary weapons. They, 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 I just don't feel like they are. I think they, they aren't out-talented or out-manned, but I think having been in situations like this before makes you better prepared than this being your first rodeo. Because you don't really know what to expect. And you know you got a hoop, man. I mean, this ain't your first game, you know. Nah, but see that play the playoffs hit a little different when it's your first time there and you feel like you got something to prove. Like think think about San Antonio, right? Even if you got a team full of people who've never been there before. Think about how many times Greg Popovich has been there. So Greg Popovich is not gonna panic. When they get down, he's not gonna panic. He's gonna he's gonna wheel them through. How they need to get through, and uh, yeah, he 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 knows how to get his team to the next level. He knows how to get them through the runs that you gonna take during a playoff, a, a high intensity playoff game. He's gonna know how to keep the composure. It's like sometimes I look at Denver and it's like down the stretch if Murray not hitting his shots or. If Jokic is not getting the touches that he needs, I see them mentally go into hero ball. Mm-hmm. And so you can't afford to do that in the playoffs when you're going against a team as well, coach the San Antonio, because all they'll do is play to that. So, oh, Jamal Murray, wanna, he want to play hero ball? Cool, ISO. They'll clear it out for him to ISO. And then at the last minute, they're going to jump. And now he's taking a bad shot because – you feel me? All he knows is shit. Who? <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah, I, I think it's going. I think it's going seven. Uh, San Antonio in seven. Uh, Portland winning the second round either way. Interesting, man. I really, I just, you know, they did just do work to OKC, but if they can do, if they can do that, I mean, they was hooping out their minds in this series. I feel like so. You know. To me, it's going to be tough for them to do it again. But I want, I mean, I would love for Portland to go to the conference finals. I would love for that to happen. 
I think this is the year we see it. It's about matchups. Mm-hmm. And as, as good as San Antonio has the potential to be, um, they had some really rough patches this season. I think they get out of this first round, but I think Dame and CJ continue their tear. They, they just – I think they – and I think Mo is also seasoned enough to where he can pull LaMarcus Aldridge out of his comfort zone. Because, I mean, you know, I talk about Jokic disappearing, but LaMarcus Aldridge has a history of being, you feel me, Houdini too. <laughs> Real shit. So – that's why he can't. He ain't never really just broke through. Like he didn't broke through, but you know, he's still giving room for niggas to be like that nigga ain't nobody. Yeah, you know? he's like a poor. He's like a poor man's last two years. Tim Duncan. Mm, like he like Tim. He like he like Kevin Love right now. Like Tim Duncan in his last two years. The great value version of that. That's Lamarcus Aldridge. Lamarcus better than that, man. No, he's not, man. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> he's not, man. Uh, what, what's going on in the East, man? Joel and B need to lose weight. Uh, <laughs> nah, man. You know he just, you know, he just got to be careful, man. He got a no. He got a fragile body, man. So he can't work out too hard. You know what I'm saying? Man, they said that nigga is husky. You know what I'm saying? But no, ain't nothing going in the East, man. No, but you know, only I'm I'm more interested to see the uh, the Milwaukee series against Boston. Yeah, I think that's gonna be the headliner. Do you think Philly makes it out of the second round? I mean, they could, but I I mean, I doubt it. But I think they're able to. Yeah, you know, I don't think they have no shot. You think Kawhi Kawhi wins the East? Nah, Toronto not gonna come out the East. They might not beat Seventy Sixers, and they definitely not gonna beat Milwaukee or Boston. So whoever wins the Milwaukee Boston series is who comes out the East. Most likely, yeah. Man, I really wish LeBron wouldn't have left the East. I'm cool with that. Because imagine if, if we had LeBron in this East and we could have potentially saw LeBron and Giannis in the Eastern Conference Finals. But then it's like if LeBron win again, then it's just like same old shit. I mean, true, but at least we would be a, we would be justified in seeing a superstar matchup of some sort with LeBron. It's like we never got the LeBron, and I'm not comparing Giannis to Kobe in any regard, but we never got to see the LeBron-Kobe matchup, right? Right. We got to see LeBron beat an aging Boston Celtics team that was on the verge of breakup anyway. You get what I'm saying? Like, we've not been able, and LeBron is not in his prime, but we've not been able to see a passing of the guard in the literal sense in basketball since Magic and Jordan. Where, okay, 
I get to play against you and I get to show the world that you're not what you used to be. And I'm everything that they think I am and Giannis and LeBron. And I think, you know, we, that that's the basketball fan in me. I wish we would have been able to see it because I don't, I don't necessarily know if, if Giannis is enough to win a championship with Milwaukee, the way they are currently assembled. I think they got and I'm start. not even I'm not even sure that I mean is Milwaukee a location if you a free agent this year right right and you know the Lakers the Knicks all of these story franchises uh the Celtics because the Celtics got some willing and dealing they can do you feel me like these story franchises you can go to are you going to Milwaukee if you want to win, you know, it's just like, you know, Paul, Paul went to Oklahoma City. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, if, if that's just if you want to win and that's you feel like you can win, you'll go. It ain't it. ain't. It's obviously not the, the hot the hot spot. You know what I'm saying? But if Giannis has really locked himself into that, you know, like a few niggas came to Cleveland. It is what it is. You know, and don't, don't nobody want to go there. But if it's a nigga who the truth there, maybe I'll consider it. And if I can go get the bag as well. So it's considerable. Well, I guess we'll see in free agency, man. Yeah. I don't I don't foresee people going to Milwaukee, but I mean if the stars are there, I guess you can go wherever the stars are. True. You got anything else in sports you want to hit on? Man, you know, since we was off last week, I just got to give another shout out to uh, Tiger Woods, man. Uh, Master champion, 15th major, 81st PGA Tour win. Um, legendary shit, man. Shout out to him. Yeah, shout out to Tiger. He not black like me, but he black. Yeah, he is. I mean, he black by y'all standards. So, you know, I would say he's mixed. Biracial. Whatever, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk Game of Thrones and, and get out of here? Sure, man. So, man. Uh, well, we didn't get, we didn't release the episode last week, so we didn't get to talk about the first episode. I mean, how did you feel about episode one? Let's, let's start there. Shit. I got to remind myself what the fuck happened, nigga. (laughs) So episode one, uh, everyone finds themselves in Winterfell, um, as far as Danny and John. Uh, you have this tension between Sansa and Daenerys and that John left Winterfell as the king of the north. He returned uh, a lord of the north with a queen since he bended the knee. Um, and the northerners are not very happy about it at all. Um, elsewhere, Bran has learned that um, 
the dragon has broken through the wall and the white walkers and the night king are on their way they finna pull up pull up um elsewhere in king's landing you have the great gray joy who has returned from his journey to pick up the golden company the golden company did not show up with elephants cersei was very 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 upset Cersei um, oh man it ain't even nothing to even discuss <laughs> with that woman so uh Greyjoy says hey you wanted me to go get this army I went and got this army I'm trying to get in them yeeks and she says if you want a whore you buy her you bring her things if you want a queen you earn her this nigga was like, bitch, I earned you. <laughs> I <laughs> bought you the golden bet. company. And she said, bet. Uh, so he My smashed nigga, them on. yeeks. <laughs> <laughs> so he smashed the yeeks, you feel me? Uh, I think Cersei's play is, since she's already pregnant with her brother's child for the fourth time, uh, which is weird in and of itself. Um, she plans to kill both of her brothers. So she takes, she tells Bronn, Jamie's uh, best mate, uh, to kill her brothers if they make it out of Winterfell from the encounter with the White Walkers. Uh, so I believe her plan is to move forward with the baby in her stomach as the Greyjoy, uh, thus combining the Iron Islands with um, King's Landing, the Iron Throne, and giving her the position that she so covets, I guess you would say, like she loved being on the Iron Throne, right. <laughs> the Queen. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, that, that's where we are. Jamie, uh, when we last left, Jamie was uh, on his way to Winterfell. Jamie makes it at the end of the episode, sees Bran, and that's where the episode ends. Right. Um, so going into last week's episode, AC, what 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 were your big takeaways? Um, well, you know, this will be the episode that uh, John is revealing. Also, spoilers. I mean, um, if I ain't, if we ain't already made that clear, John is revealing to uh, you know the Dragon Queen, or I'm sorry, the Mother of Dragons, that um, you know, actually, I'm the king of the realm, <laughs> and you just my aunt. And she looking at this nigga like, you motherfucker. And then it was so funny because something immediately took their attention away from that. Yeah. And I know, like, she just had to sit on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's just like, damn. And I don't understand why John would tell her before the battle it, with the White Walkers. I had to do it. Let that whole no look. Don't even be getting your hopes up. Because when this shit over, I'm the king. Unless you're going to kill me or something. Which, Which I believe is, is 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 what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, to me, the big takeaway from this episode was, so in episode one, we kind of saw uh, Gendry and Arya flirt a little bit. We know that they have history, but it was like, I remember after episode one, everybody was like, yo, I do not want to see Arya flirt. Like, this shit is weird. I mean, Guess what, woman, guys? Man. Not only is she flirting, <laughs> She fucking. <laughs> Arya is fucking fucking. 
Um, so in this episode, we saw her uh, have a conversation with Gendry, basically asking him um, his sexual history. So, you know, mm-hmm. have you had sex before? If so, how many um, and why? And then, you know, with their imminent doom basically on its way uh, with the White Walkers and the Night King headed towards Winterfell, Arya says, I'd like to know what it feels like. So Arya wants to become what many would call during that time a woman. Um, And so she proceeds to have relations with Gendry. It was very awkward. Um, Not because she's not a grown woman, but I guess because we've, we've literally watched Arya grow up from probably like 12 years old on the show to now she's a 20 year old woman. I mean, um, and I'm pretty sure on the show she's, she's not 20. Like I'm no you know, on the show. She's probably like 16. Yeah. I would, 17, I would, guess, something I would like that. guess that. Yeah. So, but it's crazy because when you think about it, like we watched, we've watched Daenerys get raped. We've watched Sansa get raped. We've seen a lot of people get raped on this show, like forcible, violent acts of sex. And Arya literally has like her virginity taken by somebody who she's had a crush on the whole damn show. (laughs) She basically commands him to take his pants off. And then everybody's like, yo, that's too much, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, cause like, niggas, you know, when it comes to that, that underage shit, dog, <laughs> niggas ain't, you know, it's a new era and niggas ain't even trying to be a part of that. You know niggas was saying? like, dog, ain't nobody even trying to see, you like, feel me? On, but, uh, uh, bust down Ariana. <laughs> Hell no. Niggas said, bust down Ariana, boy. Nah, they said they Damn. Good. <laughs> But you know, she uh, put yeah. that nigga to sleep. I'ma put you to bed. <laughs> nigga Gendry was over there, motherfucker knocked out drooling and shit. Arya over there, like, can't believe this nigga only lasted 30 seconds. <laughs> well, this some bullshit. I'll be like, bitch, this is your first time, ho. That's all you need. <laughs> and then she hopped on top of that thing. She mounted that motherfucker like she knew what she was doing. I was like, boy, this shit here is wild. Nah, hell no, nah. this ain't got no experience for real. Like this. <laughs> This shit wild as hell, man. Um, <laughs> but the episode starts off very, very tense. Uh, Jamie has, of course, entered Winterfell. Yeah. And it's like, he's not on trial, but they really trying to see, like, what's up. Like, he was supposed to pull up with an army. No army. <laughs> he like, damn, uh, <laughs> that ain't happening. You know? So, it's like, my girl they like what, what she what's up with Tyrion? you you know what i'm saying like, <laughs> yeah damn. danny like danny like you told me your brother and your sister could be trusted you told me your family's army was coming now not only did they not come this nigga the only one here and you know what this nigga killed my daddy so fuck you first off <laughs> and secondly fuck this nigga and then that's when <laughs> Everybody else like, whoa, 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 now. Oh, on, hold on. You got too much dip on your chip. Hey, we fuck with this nigga. Like, I know hold you. On now. I know you like, your daddy. But hold on. Let, let's hear what he got to say. Yeah, Kingslayer, you know, we got we go way back. So then yeah. Sansa get in her bag as the lady of Winterfell, like, so why should we trust you? And that's when Brianna Tarth come out. And Brianna Tarth Brianna. is like, you know what? This nigga is noble. He defended my honor. We was like, damn. 
she liked this nigga a little bit. <laughs> I mean, she been so, like the nigga. She just be trying to front. Yeah, she and was even, just even, fronting. Even Kingslayer been like, dog, quit fronting, dog. <laughs> you know you. You want to get you with know me? You know you want this dick? Yeah. Girl, I mean, I'm Kingslayer. <laughs> 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 so yeah good. man Brianna Tarth uh, vouches for this man uh, John sides with his sister um, in true Stark fashion and they just lead a meeting and Danny what's crazy is Danny is the queen but she was left in the middle of that damn meeting place like she had egg on her face like, so then we end up no in queen. yeah I mean <laughs> I don't go that far. She got them two dragons and shit. Huh? Fuck them dragons. <laughs> you don't need to cross no bitch with no dragons. <laughs> Especially she got special sayings she can just say, Aliastra! This nigga just... <laughs> nigga just, nigga nigga just, just blowing. <laughs> nigga just sneeze on your ass. Kill your ass. <laughs> now you gone. Because you wanted to cross a bitch. Look at you tripping. <laughs> So we go on to find ourselves in the war room uh, where they are plotting out how they are going to defend Winterfell from uh, the Night King and his army. And so that's when Bran kind of gives us a little bit more insight into what it means to be the Three-Eyed Raven. So he kind of lets us know, hey, I can see the past. I can see the present. Um, I'm the living embodiment of history. And so the Night King really wants to kill Bran. He kills Bran. Uh, the assumption is mankind no longer sees, no longer exists because they no longer have a history. You know, it's not like it's written history. So everything that has ever happened is basically uh, in Bran's mind and everything that's happening now. So they are connected in a way. Uh, and I think Bran is the only person who has seen how the Night King was created. Thus, I think he's the only one who can tell them how he can be defeated or destroyed. Right. And why do why are like enemies always trying to like damn near kill themselves? You know what I mean? Like I used to never understand cartoons where the enemy is like, yo, I'm trying to destroy the world. I'm like, nigga, don't you live on the world? And then it's like if this Night King, if he's trying to get rid of Bran to get rid of everything, like, then what happened to you, nigga? Well, he wants the long night. So the long night is basically everybody is a white walker. Oh, is, is, is that what's going to ultimately happen? If he gets what he wants. I guess. That's my interpretation. I mean, it's my just interpretation like, is niggas the alone. long night is him winning because mm-hmm. you got to think the people in Winterfell who serve gods, they serve the, the Lord of Light. So if you want you know the long night darkness uh maybe it's like a darkness against light i I don't know i'm not well versed enough to even (laughs) go down that road i do think though that the night king just wants humans are his sworn enemy at this point because you got to think he was created by um the children of the grass or some shit the green bitches i don't remember their names and i know y'all gonna kill me for that but i I just cannot think of their names right now but he was created by them to protect them from the humans 
And so the reason why the Night King was away for so long is because there was an agreement where, um, you know, certain things were to be done and the Night King would stay the fuck away. So that's where we get into all of the different conspiracy theories that the Night King was promised a, a prince and he never received the prince. And so now this nigga's on a tear. And the assumption now is that because Aegon Targaryen, who is Jon Snow, is both a Stark and a Targaryen, he is the prince that was promised. Um, but now we're starting to think that it may be Bran because he's the three-eyed raven and he may have been promised because he's a son of the North. Uh, and, you know, Bran the Builder is who protected the North and kept the Night King and his White Walkers away. Um so it's really a whole bunch of shit happening right now um, to save you a lot of the minute details. Tyrion talks to Bran about being a three-eyed raven. He wants to know the story. Um, he was afraid in the war room that they wouldn't survive. And then when he's singing um, with the rest of the warriors in front of the fire, then all of a sudden he's just confident that, you know, they're going to make it. <laughs> right. Um, Brienne of Tarth uh, becomes a knight of the realm which has been like basically her life's work uh, because women were not allowed to be knights um, so yeah man that's pretty much episode two we've already said that you know John tells Danny that she's his She's his nephew and that he's her nephew. Yeah. My bad. And then they hear the horns and the horns basically say, hey, y'all, the whites are coming. <laughs> like shit is real, man. Like niggas finna die. So, uh, hey, y'all, shit finna turn up. Uh, so I guess we can end this out, man. What uh, What is your prediction for the Battle of Winterfell? It's supposed to be a 60 minute battle uh, between the White Walkers and our good friends and the characters up at Winterfell. Uh, I saw a rumor where they added 22 additional minutes. I don't know if that's the truth or not. Uh, I hope it is, but you know, you never know. Uh, but this is the longest battle in the history of cinematics, cinematography. Hmm. Um, so, and it's, it's directed by the same person who directed the battle of the bastards. So, we know this shit gonna be ignorant. It's gonna be ignorant and epic, and you feel me? It's go time. So, who do you think survives uh, episode three? Who do you think dies? Uh, what are your takes going into uh, this week? Um, well, you know, John gonna live, Danny gonna live, Brienne gonna live. Brian gonna live. Kingslayer gonna die. I agree. Um, I think he gonna die trying to protect Brianna Tar. Yeah, it's gonna be something like that. But it's yeah, it's the end of the road for him. Um, oh boy. Uh, you know, nigga who lead who used to lead the or I guess he still lead the Unsully for Dan. Mm-hmm. He might yeah. die. Oh yeah, he gonna die. He did. <laughs> and uh see, but you know, this is it's so early in the season, it's like 
you know, obviously this ain't going to be the last battle. Like, you know, it's, it's going to have to end some type of way where they'll have to meet with the White Walkers again or some shit like that. Uh, or maybe it is the last battle. I don't know. And maybe they just defeat them. I mean, ain't no way they're going to lose. I don't know, man. I, what I think happens is I think the uh, you have a situation where the White Walkers invade and everybody, because, you know, they kept saying how safe the crypts were, right? Yeah. Like, that kept being a thing. So I think some shit going to turn up with within the crypts. And I think the, the at the end of the day, they're going to overtake Winterfell. The White Walkers are going to overtake Winterfell. I think if you if you listen back to, like, early in Game of Thrones... They always talked about the uh, secret tunnels out of Winterfell. And I think the characters that we know and love, I think they're going to figure out a way to use those secret tunnels to get out of out of Winterfell and head south. And I think there will be another battle involving White Walkers and uh, the North and the armed forces from the North in King's Landing. I think there will be another battle. I do think we lose the majority of our favorite characters this week. Um, nah, they yeah. good, bro. They good. Nah, gonna bro. Lose like you gotta think. 60 minutes of battle and this is the first time since season, since episode one, where all of the main characters have been in the same place at the same time. Like this is literally the most characters to ever be in one episode of any of any uh, TV show or movie uh, in one climactic battle. So we leaving. It's gonna be some storyline still in play. But we're going to lose a whole lot of motherfuckers we love and care about. And I'm not I'm not prepared between I'm going to see Avengers Endgame tomorrow between that shit and shit, the Battle of Winterfell, bro. Man, I'm going to need my inhaler. <laughs> I swear, you Marvel niggas, man. Oh yeah, AC, you gotta see Endgame this weekend, man, because we gotta talk Endgame next week. No, I'm good. I'm good on that. We got to, bro. I'm good. Because we we gotta be we have to dissect the the impact that Marvel and their their formula has had on uh the movie industry. Yeah, go ahead and get you a guest host, you know, and uh <laughs> I I'll just play the play the back on that combo. Yeah, we all right, well, you know, we we might bring in a guest next week, so we can talk some more of this some more of this nerd shit. Uh, okay. You got any other any other open points on uh, Game of Thrones? Uh, no, nah, man. Um, you know, it's been good so far. I'm fucking with it. Um, you know, I've been I was just talking to my cousin earlier today, and he was just saying how you know do he he was asking me do he need to get on Game of Thrones? I'm like, of course, man. You know. I was in the same boat of like, dog, I'm not even interested in this shit. I don't even like Lord of the Rings. Like, I don't even fuck with this shit. But, you know, I fuck with Game of Thrones. Told him he got to watch it. So I'm excited. And, uh, yeah, man, it's about to turn up. So that's really all I got on on Got, got Season 8. 
right, man. Well, um, that's been another episode of After Five, man. Shout out to y'all for listening. Uh, hopefully, this was worthwhile. Our week being off last week, man. Uh, hopefully, no more interruptions. But if so, you know, we'll keep you posted. Um, I don't know where we are on playlists, but I'll check with Scoob to see if we're going to release anything this week. Y'all will probably know before y'all even hear this. So, AC, you might want to cut that. But, uh, man, yeah, man, thanks for listening. As always, like, subscribe, comment, uh, give us some feedback. Let us know uh, what you want to hear, what we're doing good, what we're not doing good. And, you know, overall, it's just great to interact with you all. So keep all of that coming. And as far as I'm concerned, from Nate B, peace. All right.